What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Against All Odds podcast. I'm here with Mr. Old Man Kev. <laughs> How, how's it going? Uh, good, good. Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, no problem. So we'll get all into Kevin's story. It's going to be a long one because you're just turned 41. Is that correct? Yeah, 41 going on 30. 41. So just turned 30. And uh, we'll get all into Kevin's story. It's a good one. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Let's roll the intro and let's get started. Okay, Kev, um, do you want to give me your full name, your age, and your playing position? Sure. Kevin Garcia, age 30 or 41, as uh, Matt likes to refer to as, mm-hmm. and uh, playing as a center back, but also uh, have been playing as an outside back uh, for most of my career as well. Mm-hmm. And this is your second year with Tulsa? This is my second year with Tulsa, um, my ninth year as a pro. I thought it was 10th year, but uh, I'll get into it a little bit later about that first year out of college. Yeah, you told me you told me it was, it was 10, but I, then I backtracked because I had to do my homework since you asked me how long I've been playing and it's been actually nine uh, full seasons. Okay, so nine full seasons of pro. Yeah. Next one will be the 10th one. Yeah, next year's uh, 10. Then decade. Then you're a decade. What's it called? Centennial? No, that's 100 years. No, it's 100 years. Just Never mind. 10 year vet. 10 year vet that's clean cool. it's clean that's been that was actually one of my big goals as a as, as like a pro is to play 10 years yeah yeah i think that's that's always a, a good benchmark to have as a pro i mean uh for us it's around 22 21 years old when you start to set out and and try to play pro i guess it's getting younger and younger every single year mm-hmm. um but yeah 10 10 years is always a good benchmark and that's always something i envisioned for myself growing up and it's good to uh be close to it yeah that's sick and then um so let's let's start it back from birth you're birth. born in uh queens new york right queens new york um what what was your do you uh, mom dad do you have any siblings yeah i have my my, my parents so they're uh, i'm first generation american my parents are from colombia uh, my mom is from cali and my dad is uh, very close to the capital bogota and uh, I have two siblings, my older brother, George, and my oldest brother, Eric. And George is two years older than me, and Eric's 10 years older than me. Okay. Wow. Uh, so you're, you're the youngest. I'm the youngest. I'm the baby of the family. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, was, how was being the youngest? Uh, I, uh, I always lost. I, yeah, I always lost in the fights <laughs> until, until I, I, I hit a growth spurt end of middle school, early high school. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, grow a little bit and, uh, fill out a little bit. And, uh, my brother stopped picking on me. So. That's good. And being from Columbia, mom and dad are both from Columbia, right? You said right. being from Columbia, soccer, football was just yeah. the main thing. Exactly. Did you play any other sports or, or anything? Uh, so soccer was the main sport growing up. Uh, we did play basketball and swimming. I think my mom always had a fear of us drowning. So she made sure that uh, we took swimming classes from two, three months old, uh-huh. uh, which I don't even know was possible. Um, but we competed um, for a club swimming team at the YMCA. It was called the Flushing Flyers, and we competed <laughs> up until we were third and fourth grade. Uh, we were actually pretty good. We had like this whole like trophy set in our bedroom, and uh, I ended up quitting because my brother quit, and and that that was sort of a theme. Like I'd always copy my brother. Um, you know, he was, uh, very cool, very talented and, uh, you know, very athletic, very studious. And uh, I always looked up to him growing up and he played basketball. He's very good at basketball, very good at swimming. Uh, he did well in school and he was, uh, very talented in soccer as well. So I always kind of followed in his footsteps and, uh, after his, um, kind of model. What was his name? George. 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 George is his name. And then what's your oldest brother's name? Eric. Eric Eric Garcia. So he, he also played sports as well. 
Um, Eric was more into the the all American sports, uh, basketball, baseball, football. I think he played soccer as well, but uh, I was just uh, closer to George a little bit because we were a little bit closer in age. And um, um, Eric was, uh, you know, a big influence on me as well. But it's just as you as I don't know if you know, but having a sibling closer in age, you guys just share a lot more common interest, and mm-hmm. uh, you're able to go train with each other and and kind of um, you know, learn from one another. Yeah. Cause 10 years is kind of a, big it's a gap. big gap. It's a big gap. So he was kind of like my, my second dad, almost like Eric. Yeah. Right. So, uh, George was, you know, someone I, I fought with a lot more and we argued over video games over, uh, whatever it was. Um, so we were definitely much closer. And then how did your parents get to New York from Columbia? How did that? Uh, so my dad came, must have been in the 80s. He must have been in the 80s, came from, right after he graduated from school in Columbia, um, started working in the city of Manhattan. He uh, met my mom in the city. My mom was uh, living with uh, her aunts in, in Queens, New York. And my dad actually met my mom because my mom had picked up like uh, a cleaning shift in my dad's building. And they got to talking and my dad asked her out. She said yes. And, uh, you know, they started to go out a lot more. Um, and that's how uh, my dad finally uh, locked my mom up. And she was actually pretty young. She was like 22, 23 years old. And my dad was a little bit older. He was like 37, 38. So there's Dang. like a 16 year gap there. What is um, this cat doing? Gucci. She's always active. I'm telling she's you, cr- she's always plotting. She's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's a big, big age gap. And then, so they met in, in they New met York. in New York. Uh-huh. Um, and then they had my brother, George. So my dad was married, uh, previously, um, and he had Eric. So Eric is my half brother, but, um, uh-huh. you know, we treat Eric. Eric is for me is my real brother. So is George. And, um, you know, we constantly talk, um, daily, um, about, how we're doing and uh, we're constantly seeing each other and visiting each other in the off season and he's a big supporter of mine he's always believed in my dreams so i like eric is for me he's always been uh, a full brother and and so just as much as george is yeah and then what do they what do your brothers do now my brother eric works for uh axa and he works in um you know financial instruments and investments Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother George actually works with uh, a tourism company coming out of Colombia, um, Amovia. And uh, he's also uh, working in music. Um, and my brother also does a bit of uh, commercial real estate. So he's, he's, he's been very active. Uh, both my brothers are very active. My brother Eric lives in New Jersey, um, but looking to move down south. And my brother George is living in Cartagena right now. And uh, my folks moved down to Orlando. So we've all pretty much moved out of New York uh, uh, recently. But you've been in New York. You were in New York all the way up until end of high school, right? Yeah. So uh, New York City. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, uh, a lot of competitive uh, footy around in New York City. You get to meet people from all different backgrounds. Uh, we grew up playing in Flushing Meadow Park. I don't know how well you know Queens, but Flushing Meadow Park is just like the main park where you go for games, for the youth games, for the state team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, competition is played in Flushing Meadow Park and it's, uh, all turf field. There's some grass fields too. Like you have Sunday league there. So it was just kind of just at the center of Queens and where a lot of, uh, um, football is being played. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that's actually like where I have like my first memory of, of playing footy was, uh, playing in like U3, U4 games, um, playing on small goals and, 
um, you know, being there with my parents because uh, I'm so attached to my Colombian roots. Soccer is like a religion for us. And we would um, go cheer on the Colombian national team. We'd go cheer on the U.S. national team um, in the 94 World Cup and the 98. Um, so, I mean, it's always been ingrained in, in, in our family and um, even being with our family members, with my uncles, with my grandpa, with my cousins, like we'd always play on the weekends, no matter where we were, whether it was at the beach or having a picnic on the weekend or somebody's house, we'd always find a way to, to play pickup. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was uh, kind of a driving force behind the passion of my family and the passion I had uh, for the sport growing up. Um, did you did you like so you're playing pickup a ton you're playing already with u3 u4 doing a little bit of like club games and stuff yeah did you also like just around the house everything in the backyard just with your brother just do 1v1s or like with your family with your dad like how did that so set up so we actually uh my brother and i like we got more competitive with soccer later on in life but we were already exposed to organized soccer early on but basketball we weren't what we like to do is play organized soccer um with the players at the at the clubs and mm -hmm. then at home we would actually like play basketball or like street hockey like we uh -huh. like to try other sports um my brother got really into basketball growing up and then i really got into basketball growing up because i always wanted to play with my brother and we would go outside and play 1v1 on our in our in our uh, we had one hoop in the backyard so we'd constantly invite friends over and we'd go at it um, and even in the backyard, you could always just set up like a, a little three V three or four V four, uh, in the backyard when relatives came over. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as my brother and I, we never did any individual training. I got a lot of individual training, um, later on, like maybe end of middle school, high school years when I started to get much more involved in soccer and knowing that I needed to put in a lot more work in. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't, uh, that wasn't early on early on. We just kind of had fun, did the swimming, did the basketball, um, love playing pickup with my family. And I re actually remember um, from that Flushing Meadow, I actually got put into like a more organized uh, play with uh, Long Island, uh, what was it? Little Neck uh, Rangers. And yeah, uh -huh. it, was long, it was Long Island Club, it was Little Neck Rangers. And uh, we were like five years old. And I, I remember I showed up with a Mickey Mouse shirt. It was the first day. <laughs> And uh, we show up and it was a game on the first day. And so they just had me. It was like back then. I don't know if, if, if you remember your U5 days, but you just had like reversible pennies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, where you could just like swap players and it wasn't really that serious about who was playing on which team. But that was like the first time where I had like uh, like getting into knowing players that I'm playing with every single week. And um, actually people that I'm still close to to this day, like Joel M, Emma Mulo, who went on to play at Yale, um, a lot of really good players that, uh, that ended up playing uh, college ball and are, are doing well for them, some style, doing well for them, some style. Um, but that was probably like the big, the big memory I had and where I developed my foundation was with Little Neck Rangers, uh, out in Long Island around <laughs> like five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, so That's I don't, funny. I don't know if you have the same kind of memory but i was at some local farm skyline <laughs> elementary school playing like five years old I, yeah. and then nobody nobody from that team i think even pursued soccer after third really? grade yeah oh, but it's funny i talked to a lot of people and, and like some people either have like uh like eric had his group of like the soccer boys or they would just all play soccer in the backyard from a really yeah. really early age and they all went on to go play college soccer at yeah. least and it's it's cool that, that you have like the similar thing like from a young age a lot of people stuck with it yeah. became good players are it's still any are, are still any they, players right uh, now? so after college i think 
uh, none of them went pro. I want to say um, you had, so we played, there was like all boys and then there were three girls who were extremely good. Mm -hmm. Emma Mula, I'm really close to because her dad was the coach of the team. And um, we're, we, we maintain contact. And when I would travel to New York City area, because that's where uh, she works out of, um, she worked actually for, uh, for Nike. Out of, out of portland for a while yeah and um she now works in new york city i forget for which company i don't think it's it's with nike anymore but um like we maintain contact so like whenever we'd go down uh when i was with houston we would go down and play new york city fc or new york red bulls i'd invite her and her dad out and you know they'd come to the game mm-hmm. um so her dad uh pat mulo was like my first official uh coach growing up and he i, I can attribute a lot of my um, foundation as a player to, to the things that we worked on, um, in training and, and kind of like that, uh, that work ethic that he instilled in me, uh, early on, because we were very competitive. Um, but he also, um, had a winning mentality himself and we, uh, were pretty dominant in that, in that age group growing up. Um, so we played with those three girls and it was Emma Mulo, Cody and Nicole, and they all went on to play D1. Uh, for, for girls they were really good <laughs> like i remember thinking emma like emma could do like 100 juggles at like six years old i feel like and girls, I couldn't even girls do 10. could always do that earlier yeah like i don't know why but they were always really yeah. technically she gifted. was so technical she yeah. would do like 100 on her thighs mm-hmm. just to the thighs and i'm thinking like i can't even do 10 and so i actually remember one training where her dad uh made it a point for me to get more than 10 juggles and he had me sit out of training and just focus on getting more than 10 juggles like obviously um you know, I got better at it as time went on, but Emma Mulo, just like from early on, you can tell like the, the amount of work that her dad mm-hmm. um, and her put into to developing her as a player. So it was cool to 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 start off my my youth career with with such talented and and driven uh, kids and players, and it's good to see them you know succeed later on in life. Mm-hmm. That's that's funny too that like that you kind of went home too after all that, like all, all the soccer training was at the organi- organized team trainings and yeah. stuff. And then you would always go home and play different sports with your brothers. Yeah. Do you think that helped like round you out as an athlete? Or do you think you looking back on that, wish you did more like soccer training with your brother? Uh, I mean, that's the, the age old question. That's yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's growing up in America though. I feel like if you grow up in America, it's, you're always competing with other sports, right? So it's mm-hmm. not just soccer. You're always competing with football. You're always competing with basketball and baseball. And if you go to and normally at your school, you're going to meet so many kids who are competing in, the, in these different sports and you want to relate to these kids and you want to um, be involved in these conversations where they're talking about baseball and basketball and football. And I always wanted to join in and be part of the crew. So that's why I joined basketball at my school, at my middle school growing up. That's why I wanted to play baseball and wanted to play football. But basketball was the main sport, uh, that a lot of the, my friends played at, at school and I kind of wanted to relate to them more and, and be accepted as one of the groups. So I wanted to play soccer and I also wanted to play basketball. They stopped playing soccer um, after like second grade. So I kept playing soccer club, which was a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up, Gucci? Gucci just ran. crazy. <laughs> and um, uh, kept playing basketball at school so that you know I could interact with my friends at school and make sure I, um, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I was competitive with both. Like early on, this is this is what's crazy to me. Is like, and I still remember this. I thought that I'd be able to play professional uh, basketball for ten years, and then play professional <laughs> soccer for ten years. I thought it was that simple, right? Like uh-huh. I thought 
Um, you know, I didn't know any rejection. I thought like I could do these things if I just put my mind to them, that it was just going to come to me. It wasn't going to be that difficult. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until like seventh and eighth grade where I started to realize, okay, um, I need to pick one of the two sports and I ended up picking soccer only because, and, uh, my mom may, might not remember this, but I hang on to this every single time that I talk about it because it kind of shifted my mentality and, and and made me strive more for uh uh like higher ambition and, and and loftier goals in soccer she said that she saw me playing professionally basketball over soccer she said soccer she didn't see it yet and that was because like soccer i was content i was comfortable i wasn't um as as talented as my brother was my brother was very talented uh very technical he was very good with the ball and he had that that hunger. And for me, I was just like kind of content, very happy to play. But basketball is where I really loved playing and, and I was doing really well with the school team. And she said, you know, I see you playing, uh, going really far with basketball and not so much as soccer. And that kind of just like flipped the switch inside of me. And I said, so you're saying I can't do <laughs> do it with soccer? And I wanted, I, I wanted to prove my mom wrong. And I started focusing a lot more in soccer. So this is in seventh or eighth grade. I started to focus a lot more, and this was right around when I actually got cut from the select team. I got cut from the state team two years back-to-back, um, and I also got cut from a club team, Garden City. I forget what the, what the, name, what the, what the name was, but it was a club in Garden City, and that fueled uh, you know, a lot of fire inside of me to want to, to wanna prove these uh, naysayers wrong, to prove my mom wrong, to prove the coaches wrong to prove the the players maybe around me who didn't think I was good enough. And that kind of, um, you know, got me on track to to wanting to improve and, and do a much more individual training on my own. So I'd go home, I'd juggle, I'd play with the tennis ball, I'd juggle the tennis ball, I'd wanna, I'd actually take a ball and I'd run up and down the street with it to try to improve my speed dribbling. <laughs> that's what I do, I'd work on my left foot, work on my right foot, and and I think that's where I, I caught up to a lot Just of people. Just in a straight in line? Just yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, like I'd, I'd honestly like think that I'm going to improve my fitness. And I'm going to improve my fitness with the ball. Yeah. And in the backyard, I was doing actually doing cuts too. like I, in the backyard is where I did like my cuts and, and trying to do a lot of turning and getting much smoother with the ball. But um, where I'd be like hanging out with my friends in the summertime and maybe, you know, they're just we're just killing time because we're just hanging out. Um, I'd want to take the ball with me and just like um, run up and down the street. And I'd maybe do that for like 30 minutes here and there. And then take, uh, you know, have my friend kind of uh, time it and see if I'm doing better, if I'm getting faster, like how, how much fitter I'm getting. And, um, you know, just started to focus a lot more on soccer. So after eighth grade, I quit basketball and I just focus um, solely on soccer and, and, and wanting to, um, you know, prepare myself for doing well in high school and making the state team, making sure I got recognized and started to compete with some of the best uh, players in the state. And by that third year, I did make ODP and I became much more competitive and I moved from Little Neck Rangers and I bounced around a few uh, to a few clubs in, in Queens. I went to the club my brother was playing at, Albertson. He was uh, part of a very good team. But, uh, Paul Riley was the director of the, uh, the Albertson club there. And I uh, started playing with the, uh, the 90 group, the 91s, because I'm a 90, so I was able to play with them. Um, very good team. I played there for about two years. Then I, um, after being with the state team for those two years, 
I uh, realized that a lot of the players were going to Gachi and they were trying to get as many players who were local to go play on Gachi to try to create uh, one of the best teams in the state. And so, you know, they had, they had been telling me to go to Gachi for a while. And then I, I after um, finishing up with Albertson, I decided, you know, I'm going to go to Gachi uh, where the head coach of the state team, Warmer Cabrera, became the head coach of the Gachi team. And that's kind of where my relationship with Wilmer Cabrera starts, um, who was my coach for the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, that's so that's crazy. So in this in this like three year span of like middle school, it went from like 50 50 basketball and soccer to then all of a sudden your mom making one comment, which probably she probably doesn't even like it probably wasn't serious. Like, oh, I just see you doing better in basketball, like something nice. And then it just started the fuel. And then you got cut from a team, cut from another team. Yeah. like club and uh state right yeah and then it that, i'm sure that just really started the 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 snowball effect of just training 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 and then right. once you start training it's almost like you develop more of a love for it because yeah. you spend more time with it that's like very similar i had a very similar situation in when i was 16 because uh-huh. that's when i got cut from the a team in my club team it was like the best in state got cut from that yeah I was on the b team for two years same thing didn't make odp and then just like i it just I just thought that I should have been on the A team and yeah. that would that I that's what started all my individual training and everything because I was like I cannot believe I'm on the B team right and just yeah it's funny how like little stuff like that just starts this fire in you that you just train and train and train yeah. so those three years it's funny they're bad in the moment but then that's what really started the full yeah that's what probably why you became a pro soccer that, player that failure is important yeah because if, if you don't know disappointment if you don't have those struggles early on mm-hmm. then you don't know how you're going to respond later on when you do have that rejection when you're not maybe starting for your college team when you're yeah. not starting for uh, a more competitive team so it's for me it was early for me to it was good for me to tackle it early on because then i started to develop these habits to how i respond in these negative situations to mm-hmm. these struggles to, the, to whatever adversity I, I came across you start to develop these habits and they become second nature and um and just also seeing my brother like seeing my brother and seeing how talented he was and how he was making the state team i wanted to measure up to my brother and i wanted to always push myself to be better than my brother was mm-hmm. um and i think that's where my brother and i kind of uh differed is that i was very very dedicated to the sport and my brother was very talented don't get me wrong he was very talented and 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 very creative um but i was a bit more dedicated in 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 developing the craft and um you know seeing it through and wanting to aspire more and more and 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 make sacrifices for it and and Mm -hmm. my brother um just kind of um didn't have that same that same ambition yeah but you see that happen a lot like with players where it's like you get success early on without having to work your ass off for it like you're kind of like oh yeah well if it's already coming to me like this then why do i need to work harder if i'm already having a little bit of success yeah and i've seen so many players too like what you said too that when you're like always winning you're always on the a team you're always getting all these accolades very like i feel like very few players end up like keeping on and having like a long career because then like you said the first time they're cut from a team especially when they're older they're like up oh, i failed i'm done yeah versus like if you fail like what you said when you fail in seventh eighth grade it's like a, a habit almost yeah then like when you are 25 and you fail then you're like ah, oh, happened before yeah. like, no big deal it's you know part of the yeah. process you yeah. know and so that's that's cool yeah and and even growing up in queens you kind of come across a lot of these talented players like extremely talented players but 
for whatever reason, whether it be grades, they don't get into the schools that are recruiting them, maybe like the Maryland or like mm-hmm. these powerhouses that are recruiting a lot of these talented players and, and they just maybe slip up in grades or they just um, have a girlfriend back home and they don't want to, um, you know, venture out too far from home because they want to be close to their uh, high school girlfriends. And it's just a shame because these guys have so much potential. And um, just just for me, knowing like five to ten guys who could have played at a very good D1 school and from there, you know, who knows? They could have, I'm sure they could have, they could have gone pro, but I knew a lot of players who got invited to national camps, who were at residency, who just kind of peaked and at that 17, 18, 19 year mark. And then they just kind of, um, you know, started spiraling down. So I think it's mm-hmm. important to, to always uh, keep goals and, and, and make sure that you find your reason why, why you're doing it all, why you're getting up in the morning, why you're doing the work uh, after training, why you're staying to do extra work. Um, why are you going to bed early? Why are you taking care of your body? You have to find the reason why to, to keep you going because there are going to be distractions and you just have to make sure that you're steadfast in your belief that you want to make it as a pro and, and these are the steps that you need to uh, take to, to do that. What was your why at that time? Was it all just competitiveness with your brother? It was, uh, yeah, that was that, <laughs> that was that early on um, competitive nature between my brother and I because we constantly fought, whether it was about video games, basketball, uh, saving money. I mean, we constantly fought. And I think that seeing him uh, excel in soccer and, and hearing my mom saying, um, I see you more as a basketball player and getting rejected from several teams just kind of lit a fire under me. And, and, and I wasn't going to let someone tell me what I could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's funny. It is funny how little yeah. statements like that, they stick with kids, you know, True. I'll never forget. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then now going into high school okay. with all that work, um, you had a pretty successful high school kind of career, yeah. right? With your, with your team. Yeah. Um, freshman year though, how was that? Like, did you come in as like one of the stars or, or what, yeah. what happened? So I ended up going to St. Francis prep because like I said, like I followed my brother around, he was mm-hmm. at St. Francis prep and he already created a pretty good name for himself playing for the varsity team, uh, there. And they had just won uh, city and state finals. And I had gone to the games. I was an eighth grader. I had gone to the games and they were the underdogs. It's not like they deserved to win city and state. I don't think they had ever won state finals. And I saw them. I see the I see the school rally around um, rally around them, and I see my brother and the players, the underdogs, just winning one zero, winning in PKs, pulling off these upsets. And I wanted to be a part of that culture. I wanted to be part of the group that was gonna um, be winning cities and winning fi- and winning state finals. And and that kind of just uh, sealed it for me. I uh, wanted to go to SFP the next year. I went to SFP. I didn't play on varsity the first year. It had uh, we had a fresh a JV squad and a varsity squad, and you know I wanted to be on the varsity squad badly, um, but I mean back back in that day there was just no no sort of um, freshman uh, playing on varsity. It was very very hard just because of the physical. Uh, nature of it and and yeah, i the was the difference between a 14 year old and an 18 year old yeah. is, is crazy <laughs> yeah and i was also very scrawny actually going into high school like i was tall but i was scrawny uh-huh. um going to freshman year i what was i, I did i play as a for- i think i played as a forward so going to freshman year i played as a forward um in high school and we had a very talented team we made it all the way to city finals i want to say and uh for our jv squad we had a pretty talented team and I think we ended up losing on an own goal. So that was crushing. And uh, the coach at that time was, uh, 
I remember his son, Jason Lopez, who was the assistant coach, but uh, our coach was Coach Lopez, and he was a very good coach. He's actually from, he was a Colombian as well, and he played professionally in Colombia. So, mm -hmm. you know, I already had a kind of a good relationship with him, and he told me that the next year he wanted me back on JV and um, um, to give it another shot at City Finals, and uh, the following year, I got called up to varsity. So I was like one of three sophomore players who <laughs> got called into varsity, um, and that was the first time my brother and I were actually playing like competitively on the same team, uh -huh. and we were clashing a lot. <laughs> we were clashing a lot. What, Just, what position was he? He was playing as a center mid. Okay. He was playing as a creative type. Uh -huh. um, and, and so you, because you're center back now, but you were playing back attacking then, I was roles. playing. I was playing forward and outside back for, for that team okay. in my sophomore year. It's like classic high school where you're doing that like yeah. that kind of switch. I would play forward, like center striker, number nine. And then if we start winning like by a couple goals, I'll play like the six. Or I'll play yeah. like center back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, just like funny. Um, so more attacking roles, but also some defensive outside back. Yeah. No center back at all, though? No center back at all. So I think... Um, we started off playing uh, me playing at forward. My brother actually is the assistant, uh, the assist record holder for SFP. Wow! And he would give me, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, hard times just for not scoring more goals because he said like he played me a lot of good balls <laughs> and he set me up and he would have uh, blown the record by a mile if I would have put away <laughs> half the chances. So he was giving me a hard time for it, but. Um, you know, we, we connected a good amount and I, I had some goals that sophomore year and I think that, um, we were giving up a few goals as well. And I think that's when like mid season, the coach decided to put me, uh, at outside back to kind of help the back line. We played with the sweeper stopper, yeah. uh, formation in the classic. back, classic <laughs> high school ball, classic 2005. <laughs> yeah. And so we never worked on the back line uh, on the flat four. Um, so he liked having me as an outside back just because I can get up and down the line. And, uh, you know, I knew the game um, pretty well from that position because that's what I was actually playing for my club team as well at the time. And it's funny because I was also um, alternating between playing uh, outside mid, forward, and playing on the flank. Like growing up, all I did was playing on the flank. I didn't mm -hmm. really play center back. And so uh, I played on the left side, and that's where, you know, I got very comfortable using my left foot. Played on the right side at times as well, but mainly on the left side because not many players, um, I'm sure you know, you not you don't really come across too many naturally left-footed players. Yeah. And when you have a right-footed player who can play on the left side, um, you want to make sure you keep him over there because he's one of the more comfortable players on that side. Mm -hmm. um, so I grew up playing on both sides of the flank, and and in high school, the the coach used that versatility, and you know I was able to play forward, play outside back, and after that sophomore year, I want to say we lost. Uh, first or second round in the playoffs. That 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 uh sophomore year was really competitive because we were going up against um some really talented uh teams in our in our city. They were, and that was back when like high school ball, like everyone played high yeah, school ball. Yeah, yeah. So you had like national team players, mm -hmm. regional team players, ODP players, all playing uh high school ball, and uh you didn't have the academy system where players opted out of playing high school. So it was very competitive, and you know think. Uh, I was a sophomore going up against like national team players for who are 18 years old. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, this is an amazing opportunity. I want to make sure I do well. I want to make sure I measure up to, you know, players of this caliber and see how, see how I'm doing. Um, so that sophomore year, we didn't really win any hardware, but it was a competitive year. It was a big growing year for me. And then the next year, uh, junior year and senior year, we, uh, won cities, um, 
I want to say junior year we won cities, and senior year, uh, we went undefeated the whole season, and then we, uh, I want to say we lost, uh, one zero to Fordham in the final, um, but that junior year, uh, is a special year because we, uh, we had a very talented team, um, we were going through playoffs and we were tying a good amount uh, in the semifinals and in the finals, we both tied. And that was when we had gone into PKs and we were scoring and they were scoring. We were scoring and they were scoring. And I didn't think that our goalie was going to get a chance to save <laughs> one of the PKs. <laughs> so I tell the coach, and I'm like, uh, hey, Coach Purificado, um, I'm thinking I should go in, maybe change it up and we can, maybe I'll stop it. But the thing is like, it wasn't, it wasn't that random. I had tried it in training, um, just to kind of, um, practice a little bit, um, with the other, with our starting goalkeeper, just to alternate and see, yeah. you know, how I can do. And, and, um, I did okay in training. And so I, like, uh, we already had like an idea of, all right, if, it was going to happen. It wasn't just completely out of the blue. Mm. And so we're going up against uh, Malloy, which is a huge rival um, in the area. And um, St. Francis Prep and Malloy rivalry goes back a long way. And uh, we're tied 3-3 in PKs. I take my PK. I score. And then I tell the coach, hey, I want to go in as keeper and save him. And then I go up to my keeper and I say, hey, Joe, coach said I'm coming in. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm coming in. And he's like, all right. He gives me his gloves and I line up and I'm actually going up against a player who I played with, uh, in youth soccer, like U seven, U eight, U nine, U 10. Um, I go up against him. The first PK he takes is like up to my, up to my left. And I put out my fist <laughs> like this. And it just ricochets off my fist and I hit it out with like my, uh, my wrist here. Oh my God. And I save it. Right. And then we're up one and then we score the next one. And then I go in, if I save this, then we win the semifinal and I'm going side to side. I'm going side to side. I'm going side to side. I don't know if I'm in the guy's head or not, but I'm going side to side. And then he takes the fifth PK and he hits it, uh, right at me. And I just kind of like ricochet it like that. And we're off to finals. <laughs> we go off to finals and we tie Fordham 0-0. It's either 0-0 or 1-1. I can't remember. But we go to PKs again. And it's 1-1. Um, I take a PK. Ryan Mira was the keeper for Fordham. Do you remember him? Ryan Mira, he's, uh, he played for Red Bull. Okay. No. He's one of the younger guys. Uh -huh. um, kind of looks like Larry Bird. <laughs> but you look up Ryan Mira and Larry Bird and you'll know what I'm talking okay. about. So uh, Ryan Mayer, I played uh, against him throughout my whole club career and throughout my whole high school career. And, um, you know, I knew he was a very good goalie. Knew he was a very good goalie. Um, and so we go to P PKs. He actually saves my PK. And the referee calls it back because he jumped off his line too soon. And so we, we line up again. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to smash this. <laughs> um, because I tried to place it the first time and he read it for a second time. I smashed it lower left corner and, uh, and he doesn't get it. The next PK is when I jump in as a goalie. So it's, uh, we're tied two two and then I go in as three, the next three, uh, on the fourth PK is 
I go in and I'm looking to stop uh, the fourth shooter. And he shoots it and I block it. And they and we score one. So now we're up one. And then on the fifth one, it was an absolute laser. Um, I remember it because it was a it was a headline in the paper, uh-huh. and it was uh, uh, Mazzulo, something with an M. But it was like a, the penalty kick taker's name was like Mazzulo or Maruzo, something like that, something with the Zo. And he lines up, and he just rips it, and I jo- and I jockey to the left, like I'm going left, and then I lunge to the right, and. Hits my hands. I want to. I want to see if I can find the clip and send it to you because it was actually a pretty sick PK save. Uh-huh. And so the and so I I jockey to the left and I lunge to the right, and I save it. And I just hear like the whole stadium erupt. We were playing at St. John's University and we had a lot of fans from our school show up, and the whole place erupts, and um, just complete elation. We just won cities. We're going on to states. We win state semis. And we lose in the state finals, I think, to like Shamanad, who was like a powerhouse team uh, back then. Um, but like that, that, that um, junior year uh, was a special year for me just because of uh, like how much fun we had with that group of players and um, winning cities and, and the fashion in which we did it and how I went in as, as, a, as, a, as a goalie um, for the penalty shootout. And, uh, you know, was able to save a few PKs and, um, you know, ended up winning, bringing some hardware to the school. Um, but I remember the headline, it was like Garcia blocks laser from Mazzulo or Maruzer. Laser. Yeah, it was laser. <laughs> laser. Laser from Blazer. <laughs> laser from Blazer. <laughs> and, um, and I remember that headline. I think I have the, the newspaper. I think my mom has it, actually. Um, I'm going to see if I can get that yeah. over so you can get that, like, that mm-hmm. photo that my yeah, mom yeah. has. Um um, but that was a special year. And then the next year, I think everyone expected us to do really well. We were undefeated uh, in the regular season. And then once we got the playoffs, we made it all the way to the finals. And then um, there was just one play where uh, a player was unmarked and there was they slipped the ball through um, between an outside back and a center back. And um, they ended up slotting it home and we lost to Fordham 1-0. Um, so that was how I ended my, my senior year. So So yeah, from there, I was getting recruited. Um, do you have any questions about high school? No, no, no. Okay, I, so I just, I'm on. just amazed that you played striker, winger, <laughs> fullback, goalkeeper. Yeah, it was fun though. <laughs> yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah. That was so much fun because, uh, you know, just be, just being in high school at the time, like we were the talk of the high school because we had just won cities and, um, everyone was talking about, uh, how I went in as a goalkeeper, <laughs> even though I'm not a goalkeeper and I saved two or four. You're, you're either going to be the hero or you're going to look like an idiot. I know. That's the thing. There's no one between. And it worked out. <laughs> and it worked out. And um, that was uh, that was an incredible um, year. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, playing every position in high school. Obviously, you did well. Before, didn't do center actually, mid. Center mid no, is one I no never I never played. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And center back. Neither. Center back. So, okay. So, now we're getting into uh, senior year. Senior year, I started playing. I and mean, that's why we had like a very, very good attack mm-hmm. and i could play a position where i was more comfortable in, and i felt like i had the most experience as a defender and i had been my third year with varsity and so they put me as the sweeper back there okay uh for my senior year and so that was kind of like the first year not really the first year but i was also playing with wilmer cabrera who put me as a center back and as, out, and as an outside back but wilmer primarily when we had our full squad with gachi uh i always played left back and we had also a sweeper stopper combo, um, actually. And we had we had a very good team. We maybe had like eight or nine players that were ODP players on that team. 
four national team players, uh, you know, five or six regional team guys. And it was a mix between like 89 years, the 89 uh, players and the 90 players. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very talented group. We uh, played in region one. We did well. We won states. Um, we won, went on to region one premiere. We went undefeated in region one premiere. Uh, we won that. We went on to regionals. We lost in regionals to like uh, Casamia. Casamia Bay, which was uh, like a powerhouse team, they had like they had more national team players than we had. Uh, a bunch of Maryland players um, who went, went on to win nationals that year, um, but very good team. Um, but I that was that was the exposure I had as center back. It was with Wilmer. Sometimes he put me at center back mm-hmm. and put me as a stopper. Um, but with high school, uh, I started playing sweeper, and I had you know pretty good uh, a group of players around me, so I felt comfortable playing sweeper. And they didn't need me to play forward um, yeah. or play on the flank. So, uh, senior year uh, was a lot of fun too. But obviously, you don't have that uh, that that championship uh, accolade that that you always try for every year. We did win the regular season uh, title, and we won. We were undefeated, and um, that's all good. But you always strive for that that yeah. championship, that that uh, postseason hardware. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I mean, that's a pretty good high school career. A lot yeah. of winning. And then, so, did your brother go and play college? My brother, yeah. So, he went on to play at George Washington University. Okay. He went there on a scholarship, and um, that's where it was very tough for him to balance uh, footy and his social life and his studies, and that's when, you know, soccer was starting to suffer a little bit. Uh Um, You know, GW being um, the school that it is, you know, attracts a lot of people from all over the world, and um, there's just a lot of distractions. And I think my brother... Very talented as he is, um, just kind of lacked that discipline. And, and after the second year, he was mulling over uh, staying at GW or going to Fairfield to play footy at Fairfield. And he decided that the relationships and the education he was going to get from GW uh, outweighed his uh, desire to play footy at Fairfield. So he ended up finishing his career at uh, GW, and uh, he went on to get into music and um, finish, his, uh, finish his major and, and, and his studies at GW. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly, uh, so like I'm talking about like where I, um, where I met a lot of these players early on, whether it's little neck Rangers and who I stayed in touch with and also the Scotchy team and this high school team. So like what we all had in common is that competitive drive. We all wanted to win and we all were extremely driven to, to be the best in the state. I'm still close to all these people on these teams, like not all these people, but a handful of people from each yeah. one of these teams from high school. These are the guys I invited to my wedding, yeah. right? Four or five of the guys who I, I played with. The, I didn't get the invite, by the way. Well, it was a pandemic. Year. No, no, it was before the yeah, pandemic. I, I didn't know you yet. I was going to blame it on the pandemic. But no, it was before I even met you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, my wife and I, we got married uh, right before the pandemic hit. It was uh, November 2019. Yeah, 20, 2019. 2019. Yeah, 11-30-19. That's, that's, our, that's our anniversary. So uh, it was before I, I came to Tulsa. It was uh, my last year with the Dynamo. But yeah, they were at my wedding and um, guys from my Villanova team, like the relationships I've formed from from the teams I've played on are long lasting life, lifelong relationships. And, and there are people who, you know, I talk to daily, whether it be about, you know, footy, whether it be about education, whether it be about, you know, uh, other real life stuff that um, we're all going through. Like we, we kind of maintain that relationship, maintain that contact and we try to uh, um hit like a little reunion in the off season. So, mm-hmm. um, it's important that, uh, that you, you maintain those relationships and, and, and going through 
the adversity and going through those tough moments on these teams um, kind of develops that strong bond with you and those guys. And, mm -hmm. and you always want to make sure you stay in touch with them. And um, you just have a, a, a really strong connection with these players. And, and I've maintained that connection with these guys. So soccer for me has been, um, you know, just great for meeting people of all different backgrounds and for uh, um, just networking and, and, and making sure that, uh, you know, you stay in contact with these people because you never know, um, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And it's it, like even working with Wilmer, um, yeah. look at that. Like there's an example right there. I had him as a U14 player and he goes on to be my professional coach at uh, MLS level. So, uh, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I know. You know what's funny? I was just taught Kieran was my last guest and Kieran was just like, cause Mike, Incian was his youth coach. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then, so, yeah, Mike did like, he did like the, the TSA Academy, like with Kieran. The, and then I was like, yeah, I think you're like the, the first person I've ever talked to whose youth coach ended up being their pro coach. And now, yeah. right after that, Wilmer right. yeah. Cabrera was like your youth coach at U14 yeah. and then was your pro coach, which, he, which is crazy. And he, he was a very strict coach. Uh, so, like, high school years, um, it's very easy to, to mess around and, yeah, so uh, you know, you just, you just have shorter attention spans when you're in high not school, me. not you, not, not definitely me, no, not no. you. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, just being around, being on trips more yeah. than anything is just like, you think like you have freedom and you're with your friends and you're, mm -hmm. you're staying in a hotel and you guys can mess around and stay up later and all that stuff. Wilmer was so strict and so disciplined. I think he, he uh, instilled some of that discipline and, and um, made sure that he kind of corrected us a bit at that age. And I think that was important for us to, to kind of realize and develop that um, that attitude and that mentality for, uh, you know, later on in life. And and I, I was disciplined, but I wasn't as disciplined as I should have been. And Wilmer, um, knowing how his playing career went, playing for the Colombia national team, playing in world cups, playing professionally for, I don't know how many years more I played professionally at 16 years old, maybe retired at 34, 35. So playing close to 20 years, you know, I had a lot of respect for him. And I knew that if I was going to listen to anybody, it was going to be Wilmer. And, um, if he's telling me I need to, you know, act a certain way, then I need to make sure that I start to develop these habits. So Wilmer was very strict and, um, we did a lot of running, um, because we were still kind of breaking old habits. And um, in our first year, second year, having him as a coach, um, he wanted to make sure he uh, he created a competitive and hardworking culture. And that was breaking some bad habits that we have of messing around and training, messing around on the trips, getting distracted at training. And um, um, I think that served uh, as a very good um, stepping stone for um, getting ready for college and getting ready for all the other coaches that I had after, after Wilmer, mm -hmm. um, because every coach has their different, uh, style of, of coaching and, and, and style of interacting with, uh, with the players. So it was important for me to get that exposure early on and know, um, professionally how I needed to act. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a good age to get that too yeah. versus and you, if you're going like no rules up until you're 21 and then you enter your first pro team, yeah. you're going to get <laughs> destroyed. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now like with high school, um, obviously you kind of knew how the college soccer system worked with your brother. Mm -hmm. How did that recruiting process go for you? And then how did you talk about the school that you ended up choosing? So, I, I mean, I was very ambitious. Uh, I saw some of my teammates getting recruited by UConn, getting recruited by Maryland. How was your recruited. GPA too? My GPA, uh, I think it was pretty good. So we didn't use, 
We used uh, smiley numbers. faces and unhappy faces. <laughs> no, I remember I had like a 90, a 90. Like it wasn't great, but yeah. I had like a 90. I think freshman and sophomore year. And this is this is what happened in college too. But my freshman and sophomore year, um, I slacked off a bit. And junior and senior year is where I start to mature and pick it up. I was the exact um, opposite. Really? Yeah. I was the exact opposite. Both, both for high school and college. So you start off on a good note. Start off you, great, and then I'm having a 4.0 going to my senior year. I'm like, I, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I had like a 90, which is like an A minus, uh, B plus, uh, right, right in the middle there. Um, and what, what is that like a 3.1 or a 3.2 or something like that? Oh, higher, I think. Is it higher? Yeah. 3.2, 3.2, like whatever 3. it is. 7 or something. No, not not 90. Yeah, you 90s or A minuses. Okay, I had a, I had an A minus, uh, a grade point average. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, we took like the SAT, and that was mm-hmm. that was important for us. So SAT, I did I did decently well. I did um, I think I like got a thirteen forty on the uh, on the SAT out of uh, sixteen hundred. Um, so that was that was good uh, good enough for me, and I didn't need to take it again. And uh, I, like I said, I was very ambitious. I wanted to play at one of these ACC schools. I wanted to play um, at the schools where I had the best. Um, or arguably the best players in the country, and my buddies uh, Matt Uwe, who was at residency, Yannick Salmon, who was getting recruited by Maryland, played his first year at Maryland. I wanted to play at these schools, and um, knowing how high profile our team was, and where a lot of scouts were coming to watch us play, and these guys were a year older than me, so I was um, next in line, right? So I was able to, to showcase my talent a little bit um, while they were already getting ready to leave for college. So, uh, it was always good to get in front of the eyes of these coaches. And I was, I was getting recruited, uh, by Boston college was one of them. I was recruited by Seton Hall, uh, St. John's Hofstra, Delphi, North Carolina state, um, and university of Santa Barbara, which I really wanted to go to. Oh wow! I would have really, played. I would have played against you. Really? Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to go to Santa Barbara. They have, uh, a sick, have you seen their stadium and everything? No, I never got to visit. And I'll, I'll I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna get to that okay. because I really wanted to go to Santa Barbara. But growing up in a Colombian family, it's just very close. Yeah. Very affectionate group. Um, and my mom and my dad didn't want me to move halfway across the country or the whole way across the country and be so far for for them and they wouldn't be able to come see me play and so they said please try to stay a little, little bit closer um um santa barbara also didn't um offer me the amount of scholarship that i wanted or that mm-hmm. other schools were offering so um ended up staying local i actually believe it or not got a full scholarship from hofstra and was ready and verbally committed mm-hmm. to hofstra and um told my parents um, that I really wanted to go to ACC school, but they weren't offering the full scholarships that my family wanted. And my dad said, listen, go to Hofstra, do really well in your first year, transfer out and go to the school that you want to prove to them that you can, that you are a full scholarship player. And I said, all right, all right, I'll do that. And usually it'll be close to home. You'll be 45 minutes from home. So um, we'll be able to see you play every single weekend and you'll be able to come home for, uh, you know, for, for Sunday, uh, lunch with us and, and you'll be able to do laundry at home, so it's not too far, mm-hmm. but it's also uh, close enough where you can make these trips. Um, I was actually so I'd signed the letter of intent, and my mom was getting ready to send it in, uh, in the mail, 
And I had just come back from playing in a regional tournament with ODP. And I had played in the Disney Showcase with our, our Region 1 team. And there were a few schools there still scouting me. And Ian Clarehue from Villanova University had seen me play. And then I get, uh, while I'm in school, I get a text message from one of the representatives from my club, um, Scott Knight. And he sends me a message. Hey, Villanova just reached out to me. Are you interested? I said, uh, yeah, I'd be interested. I'd, I'd go check it out. And he says, like, okay, well, they're talking about an unofficial, unofficial visit for this weekend. And it was like a Wednesday. <laughs> and my mom had already taken a letter of intent. His mom was a teacher. So she had already gone to school. It was in her car. She was going to take it after school. And it was like 1 o'clock um, in the afternoon. And I told my mom, mom, whatever you do, please do not drop off the, uh, the letter of intent. I'm, I want to go visit another school. And she said that um, that was really close. It might have been closer to the end of school time. It might have been, I got out of school, I saw a text message, and then my mom was on the way to go drop it off at the mailbox. Yeah. And she said, I was on my way to drop it off, um, <laughs> but thankfully you texted me, and now I'm not going to do it. And so, <laughs> so yeah, it was really Literally close. Literally, a couple hours later, and yep. you would have been going to Hofstra. Yep. And so I, it happened very quickly. We set up the unofficial visit. Um and I go to Villanova. It was a two and a half hour drive from from Queens, and I spend the weekend there. I, I spend the weekend, right? No, no, no. I spent the day there. I went with my parents because it was unofficial. Official, yeah. I think you spend the night. Yeah. Unofficial. I got there really early. Uh, saw the team train. Saw. Uh, got to meet with the coaching staff. Got to meet with the players. Uh, Tom Carlin and Ian Clarehue. Ian Clarehue was at Duke. Um, before Villanova and I rated Ian Clarehue highly and just from what he was talking he was actually the one who was scouting me at the the region one showcase at down in Disney and uh I got to talk to Ian a little bit and talking to Tom Carlin and he told me everything I wanted to hear and um you know sold sold the um the dream to me and and, and I wanted to play at Villanova I wanted to be part of this group it was a very close-knit group very uh family-oriented group and and that's kind of similar to how I was at home with my family and my and my clubs mm-hmm. and uh it's something I wanted to be a part of and um I committed to to Villanova and I uh, had to give the phone call to uh the Hofstra coach at the time and it wasn't a very pleasant phone call that's not fun I told them and they just <laughs> kind of stayed silent for a bit <laughs> And I felt terrible because you already completely verbally committed. You're like, I'm going. I to your verbally school. committed. You said, I, you, did you tell him that you like it's signed? I'm going to be sending in the mail here soon. Everything. Yeah. And the thing is, when I verbally committed, I verbally committed over the phone, and he let out this Yahoo over the phone, <laughs> and his kids were there, and they uh, and they, I was just like, I was just torn. I was like, now I have to tell this nice coach, mm-hmm. really nice guy, that I I'm not I'm decommitting from his school. And I'm committing to another school. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you and, and, and everything and, and the, uh, the, the belief you've shown in me as a player. And I, and I hope that you have really do have a, a good season next year, but, uh, Villanova is just the best fit for me and, and my family. So I'm going to mm-hmm. commit to Villanova. And I, uh, I was happy with my decision. I was happy with my decision. I went on to Villanova, um, and I think that's where you first learned that like it's a business, you know, like that's where I had that first uncomfortable phone call yeah. with the uh, coach at Oregon state. Same thing. Yeah. I told him, yeah, I'm going to come to your school, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to call him. And, and I felt like I almost wanted to go to Oregon state cause I didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah. And then my dad's like, no, it's a business. You know, you have to be a man about this. If, yeah. you, if you really want to do something else, 
call him, tell him, and he, it happens all the time. Yeah. It's going to be an uncomfortable five minutes, but get it over with. Yeah. And then you realize like, dang, this is not just like playing around anymore. This is no people's it's, lives depend people, on yeah. like your career, yeah. your everything, paycheck, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, that was the first time I re actually realized, like you said, that, um, it's not all fun and games anymore. Like people depend on, on, you, on, on, on certain players, on certain commitments, on, on their roster. And, and now they're making adjustments because you made a decision. Yeah. So that decision I stand by. And if I'd go back, I'd do it again because it led me to where I am. It led me to a, a great career at Villanova. I went in that freshman year. Um, like I said, really ambitious, um, really striving to be, um, one of the best freshmen in the Big East. Um, you know, I always set out with with lofty goals, with really high goals to attain them. I set up with smaller goals just to kind of, um, you know, lead up to those big goals. But I wanted to make sure um, that I have these bigger goals uh, in my eyes so that I know what I'm working towards. Um, and that first year, I, uh, I wanted to make sure that I was one of the fit players on the team and that at freshman year, like everyone was talking about fitness test like uh, i don't know how it was for you when you your first year but we had like a camp like e I, I think each uh each college team does like a summer camp where they invite like a bunch of kids mm -hmm. that high school year and um you have a lot of their current players who come who come out and coach the players and they also yeah. have like a summer training there too they sneak it in right mm -hmm. it's like unofficial summer training uh, is practices with the coaches up with the binoculars yeah, in the park exactly lot. yeah and so <laughs> the coach said it was voluntary, but you know we'd really like for you to come to that camp, and we'll um, we'll set you up. It'll be like a, a a five day thing. You can get to know the players and start to um, form the relationship, that bond with with those players, and that you're going to be playing with this year. You'll run the fitness test, get ready for getting ready for the fitness test, preparing for it. And I remember uh, earlier on, they let us know that fitness was important, like that fitness test, and they sent this whole big packet. Yeah. How do I prepare <laughs> for the fitness test? And I. Uh, I made sure I studied that so hard and did that work and went to the track by myself, had yeah. my timer, was doing the 800s. We had to do eight 800s oh. in two minutes and 50 seconds okay. with a minute break in between. So you do one 800, mm -hmm. two laps around the track in two minutes and 50 seconds. You take a minute break, you do it again. You take a minute break, you do it again. You take a minute break, you do it again. You do four of them. Then you have a 10-minute break. That 10-minute break is supposed to simulate halftime. Okay. And the first four... Uh, 800s will simulate the first half. Mm -hmm. and you have a 10 minute break, and then you have to do it again. Uh, another four 800s. So you do an 800 minute break, 800 minute break, 800 minute break, and then that last 800 is always the, the hardest one. But kind of, but it's not because it's the last one, and I think you can do like one of anything. Once you get to the eighth one, it's just like pure adrenaline, pure pure will, and you just want to get over the line mm -hmm. in, in in the time. But I was killing it. <laughs> like the goal was 250, but I was starting to get 245, yeah. started to get 243, 241, 240. And I'm here thinking like, I just want to make sure that I don't uh, leave a bad impression for the, the upperclassmen and for the coaching staff. I want to make sure that they know that I'm serious about it and that um, I'm going to put myself in the best position to help the team. Yeah, And that's right now it's, doing the packet and making sure I'm as fit as possible for uh, my first year in college, uh, in college soccer. And uh, we go to, we go to do the summer camp and I notice I'm probably like top two fittest guys on the team, yeah. me and, and, the, and the captain front coming up for that year. And I'm doing really well. I'm doing, I'm running it in like 240, 240, 240. And uh, freshman year, I go into it, I run it, 
240, like under 240 every single 800. Um, doing really well. And I'm starting as a left back. We were a group of uh, 10 freshmen. And I think we were like a top 25 recruiting class. And mm. so we had very good players from New York, from Maine, from uh, New Jersey, from PA. Uh, we had a player from Florida. Oregon. Did we have any Oregon? No players from Oregon. We didn't go out. Yeah, yeah, we didn't venture out there. Usually like the East Coast is always kind of like a lot of the stay on the East Coast. A lot of yeah, West the Coast local guys stay on the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, go for the local guys. Mm. Um, and uh, myself and, and Chris Bresnahan, who's again, my buddy to this day, one of my best friends to this day. Uh, we're the two starters for that for that team in the in the early on, like uh, when we were starting preseason, and I was doing really well. And I remember kind of hitting, uh, um, kind of just running into uh, a wall in the in like halfway through my freshman year, where I just kind of um, peaked a little bit, um, went through some adversity, and wasn't able to um, overcome it as quickly as I wanted to. I think that I was so accustomed to playing, um, you know, possession oriented footy and that transition to, to college uh, soccer was a change from that. It, it became not always possession oriented, um, but it needed to be some games where you grind out, where you're physical, where you're doing a lot of the dirty work. And uh, as a high school player, the team we played on we dominated possession mm -hmm. so i never really was exposed to that kind of that kind of uh soccer and i didn't really have to like rely on my uh defensive principles or uh you know intangibles that you rely on in these games where you don't have possession where you don't where you're not the most technical uh player or you're not on the most technical team and so i think that early on in preseason and the coach told me this and even even the captain did too like you were like top two players in preseason you were doing so well you were running up and down the flank you were whipping balls in to your left foot like i said like play on the left side helped me out so much yeah. because i made a career out of playing on the left side yeah um, and you still play left side and i back. still play on the left side yeah and um i was doing so well and to then, be honest it took me like a, a while and i had to ask people like is he left footed or right footed why is he hitting all these dimes <laughs> with his left foot that doesn't make any sense Don donovan <laughs> still thinks i'm left footed <laughs> I'm like Donovan. Now, like I'm naturally right footed. I just use my left foot a lot, and become it's become very natural. He's like, no, 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 no. You're left footed, man. No, man. You're left footed, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to hear it. You're left footed. That's funny. And um, and so, but there uh, is less competition over there. There is less For, competition. Like, left back Absolutely. is usually the the the. I don't want to say the weaker, but usually there's less left backs in in the world out yeah. there. You know. Yeah. And so, uh, like that freshman year, I uh, I actually I got like I was a starter for the first half of the season. And then I got benched for, I want to say, two or three games. And I think the, the coach even told me, like, I did that to see how you would respond because I want you on the field, but you just weren't in the right headspace. Yeah. And I, I was a little bit frustrated that we, we were playing a little bit more direct. We were changing up our playing style. And, um, you know, I just wasn't responding. It, 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 I just wasn't responding well to, uh, to that change of style. And, um, and I, I was a little bit bitter. And I remember one game. I was a little bit pissed off that players weren't coming to the ball. They weren't showing for it. And coach liked hitting it down that channel. Yeah. And I was so frustrated because I'd never played like that. And at one game, like one, one moment, I just bombed it forward in my left foot. And I, and then I made a point like, I don't like hitting the ball down yeah. the line. Very immature of me. I was extremely immature. 
And, um, you know, after that game, the coach took me out and he also benched me. And I, I, I was going in as a sub, but he benched me. I wasn't a starter anymore and um, moved me on. Like after the third game, I started to, you know, talk to some of the upperclassmen, um, asked them what I could have done better and talked to the head coach to like, what do you need me to do better so that I can be on the field more? And they actually moved me higher up the field and put me at outside mid as a freshman. <laughs> And uh, we went on to uh, play in the playoffs and we played against Providence and Providence. I think we lost uh, 1-0 in the playoffs, but um, I think it was a good year for me to learn um, how to adapt to different playing styles and um, learn to play for a different coach and, uh, you know, just not be immature and be coachable. And I think that um, all these little lessons that you learn um, each point in, my, in, in your career, in your youth career, in your high school career, in your college career, are all um, important and 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 um, lead to um, you know having that versatility to uh, play for different coaches, play for different, play in different positions, play in different playing styles, play in different leagues, um, yeah. and um, and I think that first year um, was another lesson for, for for me to take note of. And uh, following year, uh, sophomore year, and junior year and senior year, I came back. And sophomore and junior year, I came back and was playing as an outside back primarily as a left back. Um, but they moved me on to the left mid every now and then just to kind of create um, some more spark in the attack. Believe it or not, Shelly, when this old man was younger, he used to get up and down the pitch a lot more. <laughs> All right. You when might not see it. You might, you might see it one or two runs a game yeah, now, uh, but um, back then, dude, I, I loved to run up and down the flank. Mm-hmm. I loved cheating. Like as an outside back, as a left back, I loved seeing the D mid get the ball and like start to release and, yeah. and ready to get the ball in, in stride. I love that feeling of being in the attack and trying to take on players or combine and whip a ball in. Uh, for me, it was just such a joy to, to, to play on the flank. And, um, and I, and I really want to take it like, and especially with, with how fit I was, how mm-hmm. like I prided my, uh, I, I took a lot of pride in, in being fit and making sure that I would m- turn the opposite, the opposition's uh, outside mid into a right back defending me because yeah, in yeah. college you see a lot of the outside mids running doggies mm-hmm. tracking the outside backs. So um, I wanted to make sure I got up in the attack and I wanted to make sure I, I um, provided as, as good a service as I could and um, was a um, you know kind of like a, another attacking option for the for the team going forward. And the 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 coach wanted me to play as an outside mid just to kind of I, we had a bit of a stale of it we went through a rough patch my sophomore year and we had a bit of a stale stale attack and he wanted to kind of change things up so he put me at outside mid and i had a few assists and i had a few goals and um i don't know what i finished my my career with you probably have the stat than i do but i, I probably finished with like six goals and seven assists whatever it was mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot but um I uh, I played a lot of the flank and outside back. I still never played center back for my college team. Yeah, I I, I feel like so uh, many so many pros do that though. Like uh-huh. so many pros end up play unless you're like a, a a number nine striker, true striker, yeah. or you're a true center back. A lot of times, but most players will yeah. move around. Especially if you're a wide player, you're going to be moving, yeah. going dropping back, pushing back forward, doing something like that. And I think like. It helps you understand the game so much. Yeah. It helps you like even be able to feel more confident directing and pushing and moving players around. Yeah. But and then I think too, as you get older, you start to kind of like come back a little yeah. bit too. 
Typically, yeah. typically. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, you, you start that's to learn. So funny though, no center back at all. No center uh, back, except for a little bit in high school. A little bit in high school. A little bit with Wilmer. Yeah. A little bit with Wilmer because, um, and we with Wilmer we we sometimes played that. I said stopper super role, but um, we also sometimes did uh, the flat four in the back. Like we played stopper sweeper when we had one player healthy. Mm-hmm. And now that I realize it, it was because of that player that we played sweeper stopper. But when he was out, we played a flat floor in the back. Yeah. Uh, because that stopper was very good with the feet, with his feet. And he was very tall. He won aerial balls. Yeah. And, and he just that stopper has to win everything. Yeah. Win everything Absolutely. and then play switching the sides. And yeah. I would play, I, I played a little sweeper back in the club days Did with you? the stopper sweeper. Yeah. Oh, man. Because I was. I was the uh, just always fast and, yeah. and fit, fast and fit. Every so long ball you chase down. Just it was always that we had the big stopper who would do the same thing whenever he had her. But if any ball went over him, I'd just chase down the striker. Yeah, and then that was that's how we played. It worked, man. Yeah, it does it work. work. It, it worked. Work. If you have the right players, it it, it can work. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny though. And then and then so college and then so summer ball. So summer ball is extremely important because I'd go back home in New York, and I'd play with uh, Red Bull. Red Bull U20 and also uh, Long Island Rough Riders. Where was the Red Bull U20? Was that what league was that at that time? That's not PDL, is it? That's not PDL. It's uh, it's it's just the U20, like U20 Super Y or whatever. I don't know if it was Super Y, but it was uh-huh. like a different U20. It was like summer league. It, we started We're talking in back in the 1980s, so this is like oh this is the days. soccer Here system's looking looking a lot different. It did now. it did change from U20 to U23s, yeah. and that was uh, that wasn't PDL either. So U23s a was but U twenty three was PDL in like for me 20, 2012, 2011. That was the last year I played with uh Red Bull U23. So you must have been right before that switch. Right on the cusp, yeah. Okay. So we uh after my freshman year, I uh actually went on an international trip to Italy and played in a tournament called Trofeo Docena and we took a lot of the players from uh the tri state area, that's Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and we took like a a, uh, a really talented team um, over to Italy and uh, played with players from Boston College um, who played in Boston College, Rutgers, Villanova, um, players who were at USF. So we had a really talented team. We went over and we were playing against the academy teams of Genoa. We were playing against Atalanta. Wow. We were playing against, uh, there was AC Milan in that tournament too. Wow. The first game we played was against the name was like Internacionale, but it was like the uh, Encarnacion. It was like <laughs> little Nacho Libre for you. Oh my God. <laughs> I was oh hoping you get that. <laughs> yeah. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Nacho. Encarnacion. <laughs> so we go over and we start playing with the academies of Italy. And Trofeo Docena, and I had I had never heard of the tournament, but apparently it's a really big tournament for the local academy teams and even uh, international teams. Like Gremio from Brazil was actually at the tournament too. So Damn. we go there and we're like, we're we're competing with these guys. We're yeah. like the next big players in the world. And I remember going up against uh, the team who, went, who ended up winning the whole thing. Spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> with the first game, and we lost two zero. And I think like seeing them play clean with the ball <laughs> opening up when they get the ball um playing one two touches uh turning turning so well with it like uh like profe- professional professional like just like mm-hmm. so clean and so complete yeah 
um, and just work together as a unit. It just, it just, for me, it was, uh, it was so cool to see it at a first year uh, out of college or first year as a freshman in college and seeing how players, and, and these are also like, what, I'm 18 years old. We're a bunch of 18 year olds and we're playing against uh, 17 and 18 years as well. So we're seeing how they are doing in, in, uh, in Italy and how, um, you know, these are players who potentially are getting going to get brought up to the first team. Mm-hmm. So we're playing against the first, the first game is against the hardest team in the tournament and they beat us two zero. And the next game we play against, uh, I want to say I'm blanking on it, but I don't know if it was Atalanta. No, the Atalanta was the third game. It was a tournament. How's we played the first so three good? games. I don't know. I, I don't think, know. I think you feel but like you'd be seen now by now. Um, and the second game, we ended up winning 1-0. And I think the next game, we needed to win to be like a wild card into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we were tied 1-1 with Atalanta. If we tied that game, we were out. And um, we started to kind of find our feet a little bit, started to gain some confidence. We did have some really talented players. Um and we ended up scoring a goal in like the 89th minute, two one, and we we get that uh, that that uh, that win, and we're on to the playoffs. And um, there was like a big celebration because like now Americans were getting respect, mm-hmm. like going into it. A lot of people didn't like these Americans aren't going to match up with our local Italian players or our local, uh, um, you know, very talented, um, world-renowned academy teams that are coming into play. And um, we did well, and like we proved to them like we're in the playoffs now. We go up against Genoa in the first round of the playoffs. And I think it was a two two playoff game. Like so like four was it four teams? Four teams went on to play in the playoffs. It was like AC Milan, Genoa, our team. What was what was the name of your team? What was that? I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. <laughs> it was literally just for that summer, though. It was yeah. just like a team that was created just for going to this tournament. Yeah, I'm blanking on the name, but I'm gonna get. get I'm just, get I'm just cracking you. up because I'm I'm imagining like AC Milan, Genoa, Atalanta. It was a random name, and then like the it was the, a random the, name. the Rough Riders from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> it was a random like the Rough Riders had a bigger name than we did yeah. at the time because <laughs> we were just a team that was assembled for the for the purpose of. Dirty Mike in this tournament. Yeah. Dirty Mike and the boys. Seriously, it really was. <laughs> and so it's us, Genoa, AC Milan, and again, like this was like like a youth national. Like, can you picture U seventeen national team, but like the C squad? Mm-hmm. This is what it was like Italian national team, but the C squad for the Italian national team. They were playing in this tournament, and mm-hmm. they were by far the best team. Yeah. Um, and they were also in the playoffs. So it was though we were the last four teams. We played up against Genoa, and I line up against El Shirawe. Wow. I didn't know it at the time. He was 16 years old. Yeah, he, he I didn't know it at the time. But, uh, Did he have the hair? He had the hair. Really? Yeah. No, well, not not like the big prominent hair that he had at Isu Milan, but like it was kind of growing into that. Uh-huh. Isn't the, um, isn't the but he had a mohawk. mohawk. He had a mohawk. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, he had the mohawk. Um, but like uh, kind of like a short, shorter mohawk. Yeah. But this guy had wheels. Like um, he was fast. And at the time, like, I thought I was pretty fast, too. And um, I did my best to, like, kind of keep him in front. Um, I didn't want him. Like, 1v1s, I was very aggressive. And we did pretty well, like, um, matching up against him. But he stood out because he's such a good dribbler. Um, And he was playing right wing. I was playing left back. And I remember um, him playing a 1-2 with somebody. And he, he was drifting inside. And then someone from the outside played him a ball to the 
uh, across the box, and he one timed it and it curled uh, upper ninety. It was like unstoppable. Yeah, it was unstoppable, and and not even like the ball didn't roll to him. It went in with pace. Yeah, and he hit it with such quality that it just no goalie was gonna save that. We're down one zero. We go in at half down one zero. Uh, second half, um, we pick up the play and we uh, tie it up 1-1. We have momentum now and uh, it's a little bit back and forth. And then we end up getting uh, an opportunity late in the game and we go up 2-1 and we win the game uh, like in the late, in the late 88, 89th minute again. And we beat Genoa. There you go. And uh, we go Come up on against, the boys. And then AC Milan... Um, who actually had a D mid who actually, we, we followed this up later, like a year later or something. The D mid at AC Milan who was playing ended up making an appearance for the first team, like the following year, wow. which was sick to yeah. see. I'm um, just being so close to, to, to professional players and, and, and knowing uh, like these are the guys, like this is what, uh, professional players are like in Europe. This is what, this is the gap between you and them. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just cool to see like being so close to that. Yeah. And, and, uh, cause that's always, uh, for us uh, in that group, like we all wanted to play pro, so it was cool to see um, what these players were like, how they, uh, how good they were with the ball, how tactically smart they were, and um, just like their intensity, their work ethic. It was it was really cool to see. And so um, back to the the, the tournament, it uh, the Italian C squad beats AC Milan two one, and now we match up with the Italian C squad in the finals. And there's this whole presentation, and the the stadium was pretty full. Um, and like we're getting flowers and like we walking out and there you play like the music and then it's game time. And, uh, I remember this was like one of the first times we're like playing in a stadium with like fans and like being nervous, 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 like, um, playing against talented players, players who are going to go on to play professionally, most likely. And also playing against a team that beat us in the, in the first game. I want to say it was 1-0 they beat us in the I remember it was 1-0 they beat us in the first game and uh we wanted payback and we uh in that game uh we 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 couldn't match up I think they were they they had grown um as a team they gotten a lot better as a team as the tournament went on and we uh late in the first half we gave up uh a goal to them 1-0 and then the second half they also I uh, think finished on a corner they would they didn't have a lot of opportunities but just their play um they just finished the match out well and they they beat us 2-0 in the final um but you know we took our defeat and we took our lessons from that tournament and uh it was just cool to play a, a play against El Sharawi, play against these academy teams mm-hmm. 17 18 year olds who are you know one step away from playing with the first team and uh just learn a lot from them and and, and know what we need to work on um, yeah. to get to where they're going to i think that's so important to to go up against people that like that are where you want to be because you're you're surrounded by like college soccer players yeah so then that's who you're thinking and then you, you have no idea like okay how what's the level like at ac milan's u18 academy yeah. team yeah and then to see that and play against it and be like oh it's close and we beat them or whatever you're like yeah okay it probably motivated you to be like yep i'm gonna i want to be a pro i want to do this yeah. i can do it kind of instilled that you're so close motivating so that's yeah, that's a good, a good uh, experience for yeah. sure. So cool. And that was the summer ball. And I think that summer ball always prepared me for a good college season. And I think that's something I always focused on my sophomore, junior year before my next seasons. I'd play with uh, Red Bull U20 or U23, where I got to play with a lot of good players like 
Dilly Duker, Dilly Duca, who went on to play with the Fire, Columbus Crew, Montreal Impact, played with Connor Laid, who played, I want to say, six or seven or eight years with New York Red Bull, homegrown player, um, played with a lot of the players who went through uh, that team and ended up playing, whether it was uh, overseas or playing in second and third tier leagues and um, or playing for Filipino national team. Um, it was just cool to, to kind of come together with all these talented players at Red Bull and um, be part of a professional academy and see how it operates um, on the player side. Mm-hmm. Um, also play with Long Island Rough Riders because I, I wanted to get a lot of exposure and I wanted to play uh, competitively. And I, uh, that sophomore to junior year, I played only with Red Bull. And then that junior to senior year, uh, I played with Rough Riders and with Red Bull. And um, um, I tried to work it to where Red Bull is my main focus. Um, and then Rough Riders, whenever I was back home in Queens and not at, living at school, taking summer classes, I would go play with Rough Riders or go train with them because I was mm-hmm. um, back home in Queens. But that drive, that commute from Queens to Red Bull facility or from Villanova to Red Bull facility was like an hour and a half every single day. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, and, and that's kind of the sacrifice you need to make to kind of go out and play in that competitive environment and, and, and put yourself in the position to continue growing as a player, to com- continue competing and developing that competitive nature and drive um, to getting to the next level. And so that's the sacrifice I needed to make. And I wanted to make sure that I put myself in the best position to keep growing as a player. And uh, without those years, like training with Red Bull, training with the Rough Riders as well, because we had a very good team with the Rough Riders as well. Um, it prepared me for a good college season and, um, and uh, it allowed me to continue to grow. I became the captain of Villanova for my junior year and my senior year. We always qualified for the playoffs, but it was just hard to, to, to get over that first playoff game hump. Providence had eliminated us my first three years at Villanova. And so that was like our kryptonite. Uh-huh. And my senior year, finally, we go off on the road and we play, um, who was it? Notre Dame away at uh-huh. Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, I think, was ranked at the time. This is like 2011, 2012? 2011. Yeah. They were ranked, and uh, they had very good, like a national team guy who ended up going to play at Colorado Rapids. I'm blanking on his name, but I'll, I'll find it. Uh, he was a very good player, uh, highly rated. He wanted to play Colorado for like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, played as a D-mid. And we go to Notre Dame, and we're trying to get the monkey off our backs, trying to win that first playoff game. I, uh, I'm playing as a left back. My whole senior year is the only year I played primarily as a left back and wasn't playing outside mid at, uh, um, like I did freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Yeah. And then, um, we go to Notre Dame and we beat them one zero on the road. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts because Notre Dame being the powerhouse that they are and us not being able to get past, uh, the first round of the playoffs. We go to Notre Dame. They're ranked. We beat them. Next game, USF. I think they're number eight in the country. Yeah. Go down to USF. We beat them off a free kick goal, which like ended up squeezing between a wall and going to the far corner or far low corner of the of the post, and the keeper couldn't get it. We go on to beat USF, and they had a lot of players go pro that year, like Jeff Antonella. Mm-hmm. Played against Jeff Antonella, uh, who's still playing pro. Um, played against a, a, a good group of, of, of players from that USF team. Uh, played against Dom Dwyer. Oh, yeah? Dom Dwyer. Oh, he was a forward, yeah. yeah. He was a, that was his last year as a forward. He won Biggie's Player of the Year that year. 
and we were marking him and I was playing left back. Uh, Kyle McCarthy was playing center back and Kyle McCarthy did a great job marking Dom Dwyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just always knew he was their danger player. So whenever um, he got the ball, we had to double him or make it extremely difficult for him to get comfortable. Yeah. And um, and get going with the ball because he was very good with the ball. He had a very good left foot. He could run in behind. He was just a pest. And um, he played against one of my, my close friends too, uh, Wes Sharpie. Wes Sharpie. He plays at Louisville now. He played USF? Yeah. Yeah. They had a squad. Like they yeah, were they then, were good. Like Ben Sweat. Wasn't Ben Sweat there? Ben Sweat, yeah. Zach Boggs, who played at New England Revolution. Ben Sweat played New York New York City FC. Yeah. Right. They had they had good players. Very good players. And and they used their flanks really well. But we yeah. uh we we squ- we squeaked in that goal and uh we got out of there with the win and now we're going on to play uh the big east semifinal at Red Bull Arena. And we uh, play St. John's, and um, that was probably one of my best pl- best games as a as a college player. I was playing against uh, them in Rebel Arena, and uh, we we came up short. Like it, it's just crazy how footy. There's just like these little moments that just define the game because yeah. we're zero zero neck and neck, seventy ninth minute or eightieth minute. We get an opportunity. Um, Keeper saves it. He's out of goal. We get a rebound. Guy saves it off the line. And four minutes later, they score off, uh, I want to say, a header. A header and the player, um, it was just like a a mismatch, and the player scored off a header. And then the second goal they scored was the keeper and the center back, uh, our center back, um, chasing a long ball down into the box. And the center back didn't know that the forward was working behind them to chase down the ball. Mm. And he's just, the keepers, you see the keeper running out, and you see the center back running, uh, trying to just guide the ball back. And the kid just, the forward just runs in, Walter Hines. I played with him actually growing up. Walter Hines comes in, uh, he's really quick, really agile. He comes in and he just like toe pokes it past the goalie, and we're down 2 0. Oh man, I was just devastated because that was the end of my college career. Mm-hmm. Um, Devastated. Last game sucks. Last game, and I thought we really could have uh, beat. Like it's just especially hard. when it's when you when it's not expected and it ends like that. Yeah, like you're so close to scoring. Yeah, and all of a sudden you get scored on, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're gonna push forward, we're gonna throw numbers forward, and then all of a sudden, you know, that little mishap with the keeper and center back, and then boom, there's your college zero. career. College career is done. Yeah, my family had come out to see me play. My friends had come out to see me play. Um, you know, I, I teared up a little bit. Uh, just for because like, it's the end of, of of your career for for one for for your team, right? It's uh, and you don't know what comes next. You're you want to play pro, right? But you don't you really don't know what comes next. And uh, I ended up getting drafted by New England Revolution. Uh, yeah. that at, year. at this time, you had graduated, right? You graduated. No, college. I didn't graduate. Oh, you didn't yeah. graduate. I didn't get. To, I didn't graduate. So that that's actually why um, I didn't spend more time with New England Revolution. I was drafted. And the coach, Jay Heaps, um, great guy, he uh, didn't know I was, I didn't graduate. And I went two weeks uh, with New England in preseason. And I was with them at Arizona preseason trip, Casa Grande. And I also trained with them at their uh, Foxborough facility in New England. And uh, I pulled Jay Heaps aside and I said, hey, Jay, you know, I, uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about potentially going back to school to finish uh, my degree because I have uh, my last semester. He said, oh, you haven't gotten your degree yet? I said, no, I haven't gotten it, and I have my last semester. It's my last year on, on my scholarship, my sem- last semester on my scholarship, and you know, it'd mean a lot to me and my family if I got it done. He's like, no, you have to go back. Like, I understand, like, as a coach, like, I want you to be here, and I, I, I need players here if they want to make the team. 
but as uh also as like a, a person as, as as someone who went to duke university finished my degree I, I i think it's important for you to go back to school and, and get finish out your degree but as a coach i tell you your spot isn't guaranteed you need to come back here and earn a spot on the team yeah he said you're going to be coming back mid-season and we're going to be in stride but if you want to if you want to do that we can do that and so just let us know when you're done with school i said all right that sounds great that that little opportunity was all I needed to go back to school. Um, I was gonna go back regardless, but like him telling me like we want you to come back and we want you to try out and and earn your spot on the team. Um, I was driven. I was motivated. I did so much individual training outside of like the spring training that I was doing with uh, the, my college soccer team at the time. But it wasn't about me anymore, right? Because I was already graduated and they were already focusing on the group for the following year. Yeah. So like. There were some trainings where I had to sit out because we were uh, too many numbers, um, but I always had to be like the odd man out because it wasn't about me anymore. And um, I had to do a lot of individual training work, and we'd uh, I'd go to the assistant coach's office and get balls, and we'd go work on driving balls, dribbling, controlling, um, just like little things to kind of uh, sharpen up my game and keep me um, sharp enough to, to go transition to the pro game. And I graduate from college. I don't uh, do any of the celebration. I go straight to New England. And, uh, you know, this is what I want. Like, I wanted to be part of this professional atmosphere. I want to be in, in this environment. And uh, I remember it being so much harder than when it was in preseason. And the speed was just, I don't know if the speed was quicker or if my speed slowed down. Or everyone was start. I mean, it's always easier the first two weeks of mm -hmm. preseason because everyone's coming from you know being rusty or being playing pickup in the off season and uh when you're coming mid-season you're talking about guys are already uh in stride they're fit they're sharp yeah they're pushing it every day and they've gotten four or five months of knowing each other so then it's like you know your teammates yeah. so now you're exactly. coming in kind of like from the fresh start again trying to learn teammates trying to learn yeah. tendencies and yeah. also not probably even though you did so much training, it's not the same as being with a no. professional team. And it wasn't, it wasn't the same and it showed. And, uh, I remember being there for, I think five days and, uh, Jay heaps calls me into his office and he says, you know, Kevin, I've gone back and forth on this 10 times. Um, but we've decided we're not going to sign you. And, you know, for me, my heart stopped because it's like, this is like the moment of truth, the moment of truth. Um, this is my opportunity to be as a pro to be a pro. And, you know, this is, like what what it comes out of his mouth next is like very defining, and he says, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna sign you. Uh, I do think that you're gonna play in the MLS one day, but you need to go. You need to go get experience. You need to go play games. You need to you know develop a little bit more. But uh, if you need any help um, with um, you know trials or anything, let me know and I'll put your name out there. And at the time, I think I, I should have taken him up on that offer, um, just because of what I had to go through a year removed from col uh, from college. Um, but at the time I thought, you know, um, I, I, I was just very, uh, respectful and said, you know, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, hope to see you again one day. And I think I didn't follow up at all. I, uh, ended up going to Colorado Springs, uh, not Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado Rapids where I flew in for like a reserve game. Uh, Wilmer Cabrera was the assistant coach uh -huh. and, um, uh, Oscar Parejas was the head coach. And this was 2012. I want to say they won it in 2012 or like 2011, uh, Colorado Rapids. But I go in and they were looking for uh, a right back to play. And I go in and I play in the MLS Reserve game. I flew in on a Monday, played a train on the Monday, 
and then played a game on a Tuesday. And I remember thinking uh, that the altitude, mm-hmm. like I'd never played an altitude like that. Yeah. And it was getting to me. Um, and uh, I did, I did well enough, but I didn't do well enough to, to really warrant a contract. I ended up scoring a goal actually uh, on a free kick. I went up for a header and uh, I scored and we tied against, uh, might have been Dallas or Houston Dynamo, one of the other reserve teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, ended up ended the training week did like three more trainings and then the coach uh i think wanted to see me in better shape because um you know i was a bit gassed um playing in high, in high altitude and um maybe wasn't as sharp as the rest of the guys but he saw me he's like now you're in the the pool of players that you know we're considering so you know make sure that we we stay in touch and um I like went home. I got like a a high altitude training mask. I mm-hmm. made sure I like went on runs. I wasn't gonna let that happen again. I wanted to make sure I was prepared for the high altitude. And then a month later, uh, you know, I give the coach a call and he says, you know, we've uh, we're not signing anyone right now, but um, you know, we'll let you know if anything changes. And I think that was like the first time I was kind of you know stuck, not knowing what to do. I reach out to my head coach and he tells me that he knows uh, assistant coach and he tells me he knows somebody in the New Jersey area who's taking players who works as like something of an unofficial agent and he takes players to Europe for uh, like scouting purposes and to get them exposure. And um, at this time, were you like regretting going back and finishing your degree at all? Or were you like, no, no I'm happy I did that. No, I think, I think I need, well, because it was a, it was a full scholarship and I needed to make sure that um, I did it for myself and for my family. Cause I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to go back and finish. And I, I really, it was a, it was a really good degree from a, from a good school from Villanova and uh, Villanova is okay. It's all right. Decent, <laughs> top 10, but, <laughs> oh, but the business program was really good program, really prestigious program. And I was what four classes away from completing it. And I really wanted to get that done. Um, so I completed my finance degree and I, uh, um, wanted to, um, focus on professional soccer from then on. And mm-hmm. I think, um, uh, I, I was still ambitious. Okay, I got rejected twice from professional from MLS, um, but I'm extremely ambitious now. Like maybe I do just need to play like second tier in Europe and or third tier in Europe and and find a way to get more games in, get more exposure, develop my game more, get sharper, and and grow as a player. And um, that's when I met uh, one of the Polish unofficial uh, coaches slash agents, and we went over. He brought a team over um from the united states like a new jersey new york connecticut like like uh like i like for the italian team but this was more new jersey guys and uh we went over to poland and we had a bunch of scrimmages um planned it was against a second tier team and a third tier team and i think a first tier team that actually fell through and I had my eyes set on the first tier team because I wanted to play top tier in, in Poland. I think that would be a good stepping stone from for getting, um, you know, noticed more in Europe or coming back to the United States and getting, uh, you know, a stronger foot in MLS. And uh, we played the second tier team. I did pretty well. And then we played the third tier team and the first tier team. Um, that match fell through, but the first year, uh, second tier team, the third tier team, I did well, and they invited me for a trial with the second tier team along with two other guys. And every like this is in L K S L O D Z. It's pronounced L K S Wuj. L K S Wuj. There you go. And it's a very blue collar town, so not many people are speaking English. It's like very 
minimal English proficiency and um, I don't communicate with the coach in English. We have like our unofficial agent slash coach who's communicating and working out our contracts because we did well um, in the trial and we actually played that second tier team twice. Mm-hmm. And we did well in the second game. I think the first game we, I want to say we tied or we won one zero one or the other. The second game, I think we tied like one one, um, but we did well enough to warrant a contract. And I'm just excited to sign a contract. I'm excited to um, get my career started. And um, it was just like very sh- like I didn't know what the protocol was for signing foreign players and getting visa approved and whatnot. Yeah. And so the unofficial agent uh slash coach tells us that um so we've signed your contracts here the three of you but you need to go back to new york and wait for the visa to get processed and once the visa is processed you can come back to poland and i i remember thinking like well, i just want to stay here and play like yeah can you, I, I don't want to go all the way back home like we just flew all the way here we trained and we're in shape and um we're like okay so then the next day we actually have like a mini tournament um this was like outside of playing the professional teams we organized like uh um i think no it wasn't a mini tournament we were playing in like a small cage turf uh facility mm-hmm. and it was just a training session and i ended up striking the ball with my left foot and i pulled my hamstring really bad uh-huh and i remember my unofficial agent slash team coach saying um well, it's a good thing that you have to go back home to uh, get the visa because now you can work on your hamstring and prepare to come back to Poland. And that that visa never came to fruition. Like we we were there for t- one month, and then we're like, "What's going on? Why is it taking so long?" It's like it's still processing. It's still processing. Second month, still happening. By the third month, we were kind of upset, and we're like, "Well, they're not even paying us." And then our unofficial agent slash team coach said. Well, here, I'll ask them for the third month payment and then you guys can um, receive this money and that way you guys know that they're for real. So we received the third month, four month, nothing. By the fifth month, that was already January. This all happened like in the summer after college. And then September, October, November, December, we're getting uh, ready to just go join the team in Poland um, whenever they're they're ready to, uh, to receive us and whenever we have our visas. By January, we find out that they're going to declare financial bankruptcy. So it wasn't the most financially stable team. So they're like that kind of got my hopes up a little bit more because that's seven months removed, five, six, about seven months removed from college. Mm-hmm. Had the run in with uh, New England, had the run in with Colorado, had the run in with Poland. It didn't work out. But it still made me believe that I'm good enough because of that it's like first little baby steps closer. It and was closer. such a tease, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. such a tease, like mm-hmm. little baby steps. All right, confirming that I am good enough. I can play at, at at a higher level, but like it just getting swiped away from under you. Yeah, you know what's funny is I've never had somebody on the podcast who a lot majority have been over to Europe at one point, yeah. but nobody fully understands the visa process or the foreigner regulations. Some people literally just think there's no issue. Like they're going to go over there and like, they're like, what do you mean? You only have a limited amount of spots for foreigners. Like it's just crazy. I haven't had one person be like, yeah, no, this agent or whoever fully understood it or fully explained it to me. Like, it's just so funny. And yeah, it's just insane that you kind of just go over there and you you don't have much information, but you just kind of, You just gotta go learn for quickly. It. Yeah, you, yeah go you, learn. The, you go there with the dream. Like yeah, you yeah. just you just want to be chosen. You don't really care about the logistics or the technical mm-hmm. technicalities of it all. 
but you go there with the dream and and you expect you know the team and and their agents to sort everything out yeah. but um you it's know a lot, it is a lot more complicated than it looks yeah and, and, and at this point too because you said you were feeling more confident because you're inching closer but was any part of you kind of like saying like, oh, I failed in New England, I failed it in Colorado, I failed here in Poland, even if stuff was outside of your control, joining teams midseason, was any part of you thinking like, maybe it's not going to work out? A little bit more each time it happened, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, after Poland, I was, uh, I was a little distraught just because, you know, I'd spent this time re rehabbing my hamstring. I got hurt in Poland, mm -hmm. rehabbing my hamstring. I kept waiting for this team to, to call us over. So that's another four months where I could have been maybe uh, trying to look for an opportunity somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and I kept, um, you know, preparing for Poland, preparing for Poland. Poland fell through. And then now I'm, I'm back on the grind trying to find a tryout. And that's where um, I mentioned before, but Yannick Salmon's dad, who, uh, who, who, who is the coach who took us over to Italy the first time? He has a lot of connections in Europe. Um, and Yannick was playing with uh, Vekas Liga top tier in Finland at the time. Yeah. Who Yannick is still like one of my closest friends. The Vekas uh, Liga. <laughs> the Vekas Liga, yeah. Finnish is the a, Finnish. that's a language. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Um, they, uh, they, uh, they're playing in the top tier league, uh, Yannick and another one, another one of my buddies, John Okafor. And I'm asking uh, his dad, Calvin Salmon, to uh to see if they can send my highlight tape my college highlight tape and you have to remember like that's what these teams are going off of you didn't have yeah. like the the player profile that you have nowadays i don't know if you have it for college level or if it's gotten better but like the recording the video the film the footage from college years wasn't good yeah and so you you're, you're sending this college footage to a bunch of these pro teams and they're like this is the footage that you have yeah like, what other accolades it like, was it was it's just so like i think it's it's gotten so much better now yeah. but like i remember having footage with there wasn't even like the score on the side like yeah. my, i didn't have the score it yeah. wasn't live streamed it was literally just a home camcorder that my coach bought to review the games yeah like nobody was thinking in terms of like let's live stream this out let's go get this for highlight videos in the future it was so amateurish yeah and, it, and, and you never zoomed in like and you had to yeah. highlight yourself in each and every <laughs> clip four pixels yeah. and and the, and the coaches i don't know about you but my coaches sent me the videos and it was like 480 like p like yeah. what it not like a standard definition and you're just like this is i can't i can't use it i so, honestly can't yeah i prepared my eight minute highlight film i think it's still on youtube to this day <laughs> um i prepared it and i sent it out to these teams and um the team in second tier Finland saw it and they liked it. And it was one of the more financially stable teams. That was the first mistake I made um, for going to Poland. And you've learned. I've learned. I need to go to a team that's financially stable. And I'm blanking on the team's name again, but it's something with an S. I think they play in Vekas League now. They got promoted. Uh -huh. uh, but I show up. Um, it's like a 15 to 20 hour round, uh, a trip out there to, to Finland um, from Queens. And um, I show up, I sleep in the first night, next day I'm training, and then the day after that we have a game. Like it's like a reserve game kind of, and uh, I uh, score a goal in that game. I'm playing left back and I score a goal, and um, I'm feeling extremely confident. I'm very positive that you know this is gonna lead to my first contract, first official contract where I'm staying with the club and I don't have to go back home. <laughs> I think the, 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 the the regulation is much more lenient for foreign players in Scandinavia yeah. than it is in other parts of Europe. So 
Um, I have that going for me. And also knowing Yannick and John were able to trial with their team in Finland and stay after they finished the trial. Um, kind of bodes well for, for um, Americans going over to trial in, in Scandinavia. So I, uh, I'm doing well. And then the next day in training is a, is a regen day. And the next day after that, we're in competitive training and I end up spraining my quad. And I'm supposed to be there, be there for like a two-week trial. I sprained my quad and I'm trying to take care of it. I'm trying to treat it. I come back maybe five days later and I sprained it again. And if you're a trialist, you know, injuries um, will ruin your trial and um, that's it. And uh, you won't get another opportunity. And so I tried prolonging my trial there. I said, um, I just need like another week. And they're it's like, no, better, we gotta, I swear. it's getting better. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get ready for our season and we got to take a look at other, uh, players in your position because you know, you're getting hurt. And, uh, and I'm here thinking of it as like, just trust me, just trust me. Yeah, it's getting yeah. better, but it's a business. It's a business. They need to, to bring in healthy guys who are going to fit in the role. And I think getting injured twice in that trial just proves that we don't like, okay, we like him as a player maybe, but he's hurt and we, we still need to see him in other areas, see how he does. And if he's getting hurt right now on trial, like what's to say he's not going to get hurt throughout the season. And then, uh, you know, that, uh, broke my heart a little bit. That was kind of where I, I started to, um, lose hope a little bit more. And, uh, I went down to where my brother, my, not my brother, my buddy was playing Yannick Salmon down in, uh, MIPA. It was M Y P A MIPA yeah, MIPA <laughs> and, uh, in Vekas Liga and it's a very small town, but they have a really good club. And I thought I'd uh, try to treat my uh, injury down there. I ended up training with them one time, and then I uh, they were going on a like a, a preseason trip to like Portugal or something. And um, <clears throat> I go back home and I start to uh, treat my my quad injury, and I'm going into my first year removed from college and haven't signed my first professional contract yet. And I uh, from there. Uh, start playing with Long Island Rough Riders and PDL. And then I uh, get a, a text message from Alex Grendy, who worked with uh, AX Soccer AX Tours. Soccer Tours. Yeah, I've talked to Alex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I met Alex through Rough Riders. He played at the Rough Riders. Really? And he played at UPenn. I, when you said that, I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? And then it clicked. Yeah, yeah. AX Soccer Tours. He, uh, he played at UPenn, and we... I played each other a lot because mm -hmm. Villanova plays the the Philly schools, and um, I knew Alex a lot from Rough Riders too. And so this was back when Al uh, Grendy had already retired from playing because he tore his ACL and he wanted to focus more on um, building his uh, uh, AX Soccer Tour uh, company. And he uh, he reached out to me. He said, "Hey, we're coming to uh, to Long Island um, to do a showcase. Can you bring some guys from the Rough Riders and you know?" Um, bring some some talented players so that uh, the coaches have you know um, some good players to look at because we don't know the the level that's going to be out there so we just want to make sure like at least some of you guys are out there um, since you're like the most competitive team out there in Long Island right now yeah um, so we we sort we uh, I end up taking like Dom Dwyer and uh, Orlando Castaneda Castaneda something like that two of us and then one more player. Um, and then we go to uh, the AX Soccer Tours, but they partnered with PSC. So it was like a PSC yeah. combine, but it was AX Tours, mm -hmm. also like a collab effort there in Long Island. So we go 
and I find out that there are Swedish scouts at the, at, at the combine, and there are also New York Cosmos, and uh, I think a s- third tier uh, Swedish team and a fourth tier Swedish team, and uh, in the Cosmos. So those are the three scouts that are there, and uh, I did really well in the combine. And Tyler Arnone was the other player. Tyler Arnone and Dom Dwyer and myself, we all went to that combine, and we did really well. And the scouts were really interested in, in Dom and in Tyler and in myself. And uh, actually the Cosmos, the assistant coach was there. The assistant coach uh, said to Giovanna Sarveshi, who was the head coach at the time at Cosmos, that I want to bring Kevin Garcia and he was playing center back. He said, oh, but we, we already know who Kevin Garcia is. Uh, we're not looking for to bring him in right now. And so I had already played like in a, uh, like 45 minutes in a scrimmage that like the Cosmos were doing like an inner squad scrimmage and they were like down some numbers and he brought me in as a, as a left back. Um, and so I wasn't as sharp or as fit as a lot of these guys were. And I did okay, but it wasn't um, anything out of this world. Um, so that like, I think Giovanni was hanging on to that and didn't want to take his assistant coach's word for it that I like, I did well in this combine and I was playing center back. Um, but so, yeah, like that's like the first time I got um, I'm seen as a center back, right? Mm-hmm. As at this combine, but I uh, I was kind of hoping for the Cosmos to work out just so, just so I can be close to home and play with like a really good team that um, has a really good squad and they I think had already won like the NASL championship, and so I wanted to be uh, close to home and also um, you know finally getting my first contract, um, but uh, I got that. Um, <coughs> that that uh that news from um one of the agents and then i found out that the two swedish teams still wanted to bring me in the third tier team and the fourth tier team the fourth tier team i got i got uh um the name was budens bk b-o-d-e-n-s uh space bk and then the other team was uh ifk lulia and they were like 45 minutes away from each other in northern sweden and uh, i looked at the stadium for budens and the stadium looked awesome mm-hmm. and um had it not been that uh, Lulio has been in the third legal league higher. I would have probably want wanted to go to Budens first because just playing in that stadium looked looked uh, like a dream. Um, and so I we set up the uh, the trial. The the Swedish agents um, contact um, me and they're telling me how interested they are in me and they want me to go to Lulia. And so I go to to Lulia for the trial and we work out a deal where if I sign that they take care of the expenses for getting over there. Um, which is important. So if you're going to try to uh, secure a trial overseas, make sure that you work in that they pay for your stuff uh, once you, if you sign, if yeah. and when you sign. So that's important just so that you're, uh, you know, you're stuck with getting, um, so, so that you're able to re- get reimbursed for yeah. any expenses. So your first co- contract doesn't go straight all to expenses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> you got 30 bucks for food for the month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, I go over to Sweden, to Lulia, and I'm on the trial and we're there for four days because I think the uh, summer transfer window is closing or the uh, the window where you can sign uh, international players. And they need to get it in. So I show up. I know I need to perform. And the first three days, I do really well. And I'm, like, really confident going into it. But, of course, what's in the back of my mind? Injury in Finland. Uh, getting re- What happened in Poland? Uh, getting turned down in Colorado and getting turned down in New England. That's in the back of my mind. And also what happened with Cosmos. So that's in the back of my mind. So I'm not... Um, I'm not going to be sure, so sure of it yet. I'm not going to celebrate yet. I'm waiting for the head coach to tell me that we're going to sign you. And I'm waiting for it. Once they say we're going to sign you, I'm waiting to know that 
my papers made it in time to mm-hmm. the main office in Stockholm. And then so that that, the money actually comes into your bank account. And that money, but in Scandinavia, that's one thing I'd never have to worry about was Scandinavia. They always pay on the, was it the 15th of every month? Yeah. You can always count on your money being in bank account. They're mm-hmm. one of the more financially. Like Germans. Germans are. Yeah. Very on <laughs> yeah. point. Very <laughs> punctual. Um, so they're very financially stable and, and, and they make good on their promises. So, um, we get the 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 contract in on time and it's approved and I'm playing for uh, EFK Lula in the third uh, tier in Sweden and it's, how did it feel fine like once you signed and everything was it like what did it feel like a weight off of my shoulders yeah. right because right before that oh I didn't I didn't tell you like right before that right before that combine I was saying this is the last summer after this summer oh yeah yeah. yeah. And I was, and, and you always look for motivation mm-hmm. um, and, and when you're down and you're going through adversity. And a lot of my friends who were playing pro, or guys I, I grew up playing with, were telling me I needed to keep playing. Mm-hmm. I needed to, to keep going after it. There's no way that, that you're going to give up on your dream. But when you're, when you're that young and you're going through a tough time, you look for motivation. So I, I, I thrived on, on that support. I, uh, I, uh, saw like little memes on the internet that i thought applied to my situation mm-hmm. like on instagram whether it be facebook and i and i listened to motivational videos like um one of my favorite uh clips to see is uh, like that rocky scene where uh rocky babo is talking to his son he's talking to him about um um when you get knocked down you yeah. got to keep moving keep getting up and keep moving <clears throat> forward um that's how winning is done if you, yeah if you want to win you got to be willing to take the hits and so that um, I try to live my, to, I try to practice, um, and 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 preach what um, what they what they what what I saw in that video, and and try to kind of live my life by that, and knowing that nothing's ever going to go as smoothly as you intend it to to go as. And um, that first contract was just a load off of my shoulders. I knew the work wasn't done, but at least you know I I have my foot in the door right now, and from here working every single day, training every single day with the same group, getting better, getting fitter, and um, getting game time. That's what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so for that uh, second half of the season, I played the 10 games as a left back. I got like two or three assists as a left back. Um, so they brought me in as a center back. But again, they put me as a left back because they yeah. didn't have a naturally left-footed uh, left back, back is 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 and the so position. They, Every team needs a left back. I know. Every team needs a left back. And so – and. Uh, I uh I was doing well at left back and we played against uh I think the the the, the team that's in first place of that league. We ended up losing 2-0, but I I showcased really that was my first professional game. Mm-hmm. And I talked to uh, one of the older guys on the team. He said like I think you were the best player on our team that game. And that was just a major confidence boost for me. And I was a starter from then on out. Every single game I played and I was growing in confidence, growing in confidence. And um, in, I, in, in that in like division three in Sweden, um, is, is it kind of like how in lower leagues of Europe where a lot of the guys are like wouldn't consider themselves professional players, but then they have some foreigners that brought in yeah. on the pro contracts. So that's that's how it does work. You have some local guys who are uh, full time players, professional guys, uh-huh. like guys who are maybe on more money. And then mm-hmm. you have the local guys who um are on the team, but also do other work on the side. Like mm-hmm. uh, maybe because we were training at four, uh, no, it was like six o'clock at night. So you had guys who would, some guys who would work throughout the day and then yeah. show up at night to train. And then, um, and you had some guys um, who were just full-time uh, professional players on the team. So you kind of pick and choose who you want your full-time players to do and your, and your other players who 
um, maybe you have to supplement some of their income with other work. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I did well in that first year and I was getting, uh, news that there was a super Edson team coming to uh, scout me out for the last game of the season because we were playing against a team that was getting promoted. And, um, it was a lot of people coming to the game. There was like, for me, it was a lot of people. It was like 4,000 people maybe. And, um, I, I don't think like all the, the only other time I'd played in like a crowd that big might've been at San, Santa Barbara university. Yeah. And, um, also at, uh, the Italian, the finals. Mm-hmm. And so this was a big moment. And again, I, I played solid, but I didn't really show out like I needed to, to, to get signed to a super team or to be invited on trial. And so I, uh, I, um, re-signed in Lulia for another year. And I uh, run into a, a couple of snags with my quad injury. I, I re-aggravated my quad injury that I had the previous year. And I'm kind of working my way back into the team um, to start getting some more playing time. And then I play a little bit more heading into that summer break. And uh, after the summer break, I started to play every single game. I started to do really well. They're using me as a outside mid and out too. Okay. And I'm scoring some goals. Like I'm. I, there's one game, I forget where... Uh, uh, who we were playing against, but there's one game where I scored like two goals and had, oh, was it two goals or one goal and two assists? I had like one goal and two assists and I had so much fun playing outside mid because I was just out there going one V one or whip or, or like uh, cutting balls back to the box. And it was just a lot of fun for me. So like I, I kind of like fell in love with the game again after that, having that, uh, uh, injury year, like the first, for the first half of the year, it'd be being, um, um hampered with injuries i i kind of fell in love with the game again after that game because i'd done so well the newspaper had given me a rating of five and that uh, rarely happens where like newspaper rates you i don't know if you had in germany where like Mm -hmm. they give you like a a star rating you so you got a five out of (laughs) ten so so i uh that was like the first game i ever got rated five Uh out of five (laughs) for the record yeah and then gucci what are you doing it's crazy just hanging out in the plant right there yeah. <laughs> Does she pee in the plant? Does she do that? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Look like it. Um and so we're uh we do well that game and then uh so now going forward I'm playing as an outside mid. And so I'm playing outside mid and I'm doing well. Um and I'm not playing as an outside back anymore because I'm doing so well as an outside mid and I'm creating uh some good attack for, for the club. And I finished the the year uh doing really well as an outside mid and I decided, you know, I think I need to take a step up from here and, uh, start, 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 start to look at some other clubs, maybe in Superetten, maybe in a Dekoligan in second tier in Norway. And I, uh, secure a trial with a second tier team. I'm blanking on the names, but I went on trials with the second tier team in Sweden. And then I want to try with the second tier, two second tier teams in Norway and the team in Norway, that I was in was in Oslo and the other one was Christiansund. Uh Christiansund ended up getting promoted the following year to go to uh Tippeligan, which is the top league in Norway. And uh, I remember being with the Oslo team. I trained really well with the Oslo team. Like warranted a contract, hundred percent. Um the Swedish team, I did well enough, but again, like being an international player, you need to be uh show out like above and beyond. Yeah. But the you need local to be the guys, best top you three do. what's is it how many foreigners do you get, you get three uh i know for sweden we had on the third tier team we had 
three internationals. We had like Ibrahim Kalai. We had a Russian who turned, uh, who had Swedish citizenship. We had myself and Zach Lubin, two Americans. Oh, Zach so Lubin rough, was there? Yeah. Yeah. Zach okay. Lubin was, uh, so that's where I met Zach Lubin, my, my second year in Lulia. And um, we, uh, um, after that year, we, we uh, kind of parted ways. And uh, so, like, I've seen Zach grow from where, like, the player he is now. And mm. uh, me and him, we used to go out and do a lot of individual work, like, outside of training. And uh, we'd go to the field and we'd, uh, you know, he'd work on distribution. I'd work on shooting and on crossing and on clearances. Um, so we, we put in a lot of work together. Um, so, like, just seeing him and how far he's come, it's, it's just a testament to all the work he's put in uh, when nobody's looking. When I was just there to, to, to work with him. Um, so it was good to see, it's good to see how, how well he's done. Um, so the following year I am, I want to go play in Os in Oslo and, uh, the team, this is what I don't, I don't understand. Apparently there's a requirement that you need to pay your, uh, international players a certain amount and the team finds out they don't have that in the budget uh -huh. and they're trying to work it so that we can pay you this much, but then like, you got to find a way to like, um, adjust it so that the, the 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 league doesn't know that we're paying you um below like we're supposed to be getting yeah. paid and um germany had that you need really? 1500 euros a month like in that rego now liga yeah the fourth division yeah and if you didn't do that then you were technically an amateur player uh -huh. but then they couldn't get you a work visa if you're an amateur so you needed to be making gotcha. above 1500 to to warrant the yeah. work permit for the visa yeah I think for in Norway at the time it was like sixteen thousand Norwegian crones, which is I don't know it's like over two grand. Yeah. Um, but so I think it's different for each tier. I think yeah, for each probably. tier it's different. So for the second tier it needed to be, I don't know if Sweden at the time was fifteen to twenty four. It might have been like twenty five hundred three thousand a month uh -huh. for that second tier team in uh, Norway. But they give you like apartment and they give you like. Uh, Meals included, like a lunch place where you can get like lunch and dinner. Yeah. Um. So it's a pretty nice setup, but you're also like you're moving up right in the in the soccer ladder and you're yeah. playing up in a higher tier and and um and that's what I was I was uh striving towards, and uh we we were not able to work it out because they they can't um meet the demands for an international slot, and I go to Christiansund and now you have a financial stable team and they were a really good team. Christiansund was a really good team, but I uh. I went on 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 trial there, and I did I did well enough, but again, like it didn't warrant an international player spot. And the coach said that like I think you're a good player. I think you're a very good player. Like we wouldn't, I don't want you to sign in for another team in this league, um, but um, we're not able to offer you that spot just because um, um, you're just not showing above um like the local level that we have like yeah. you know for an international player you need to be one of the best players on the team and you need to you know be sharp and push them and and and, and push the level and i think I, I i had no problem playing at that level but I, I don't think i was pushing anyone um to be better um and i think from there i uh i get uh my highlight done for sweden my that i played in sweden for that uh last year and a half and i get it out to uh um, some scouts, some agents, and I get word back from Ireland that they're looking for like a left-sided player, and uh, that's Galway United. And I go on to play uh, at Galway United. They bring me in, and the visa, like they're really strict in the UK about it, yeah. in Ireland about it. Um, it took me 
I signed mid-January and it took about six weeks to get all that processed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at home. There's a major snowstorm in New York and I'm, I'm just like anxious to get over the Ireland because I'm, I'm tired of training indoors or going to the gym to run on the treadmill. And that was in the I Premier Division, outside. right? Galway at the time yeah. was in the Premier Division. They had just been promoted to the Premier Division, right? So they're, uh, they're back in the Premier, Premier Division. They're one of the, the bigger clubs in Ireland as far as like history goes and, and on that side of the country, like the west side of the country. Galway usually runs that area. And so historically, they've been one of the powerhouse teams in Ireland. Um, but that year, they're, they're finally getting back to the top tier. And Jake Keegan is there, um, another American who is playing forward. And he, he scored a bunch of goals in the second tier. And so now he's uh, moving up to first tier. And it's going to be a little bit more competitive. But uh, Jake Keegan's a, a forward. And he does a really good job. Um, he's really good work ethic, really tidy uh, player, great finisher um, with left and right uh um, he can use both feet and uh, he's very good at playing off the center back shoulder and just um, just kind of being impressed with his runs. Um, so he was the other American. And then um, I go in and I first game I play as a left back and then they use me as a center back in Galway. And there so, we go. Yeah, so I start playing uh, center back and um, I uh, actually got some exposure at center back in Sweden as well. So I start playing at Sweden and okay. I start to play pretty well at center back. Did you like it? I did like it. For me, I thought it was much simpler to play because yeah. it's less running, but it's much more uh, organiz organization as a center back yeah. and just having your timing right and your positioning right um, and just being smart with the ball, right? You need yeah. to organize, be smart with the ball and just have your positioning right because that's a lot of what defense is. But as an outside back, you have to join the attack. You got to get creative. You got to hustle back. Um, you know, a lot of it is hustle, grit, hard work, uh, hard work ethic, uh, creativity and, and, you know, just having endurance and stamina. So I, uh, I think, I think center back was easier, but it required just like a lot more talking communication and making sure like players around me were organized in yeah. good positions. It's a, it's a smart position. Yeah. Which is surprising yeah. why you're there. It's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not surprising why you're not there. <laughs> um, and, uh, so like for me, it was a nice change. Maybe when I'm 41. Maybe you're 40. Yeah. 10 more years. <laughs> you're almost there. You're only two years behind me. I don't know what you, th I don't know what you're I'm young. You're saying. I'm like, young. You're old. You're, you're with the TikTok. You were, you were born you're in 1990. I can't even imagine. And you're that. in 92, aren't you? Yeah, I'm 96. Oh my God. Lies. <laughs> 92, Lies. 92. Um, and so, uh, I got some exposure at center back in Galway and mm. that's where I got exposed to a completely different type of play, which is very frantic sometimes and very direct and physical. Yeah. Galway. And I, I asked, I asked some of the guys and in, in, in the Irish league who said, is this more direct than England? So much more direct than England. Yeah. That's what and, I've heard. And, uh, it's just full press the whole game. And I'm, mind you, I'm coming from a league where it's like Sweden, the, the buildup, it's much more methodical. It's much more contained. It's a slower buildup from the back forward to the midfield yeah. to the forward. And it's kind of like, like a symphony. It's like so measured and yeah. so planned and the, the pieces are all working together. And in Ireland, it's just... After. gunning after the ball yeah. gunning after like uh like full press pressing the goalie pressing the center backs pressing the outside backs you never get a break yeah constant constant play 
um it's just fast paced it's just so fast paced and Isn't that uh, funny how the styles like differ so changed. much because that's exact everybody ever heard that's played over in sweden or or norway or finland has said the same exact thing yeah. everybody i know that's played over in the uk ireland is ireland in the uk i always get no confused. i don't think i think i think northern ireland is part of the uk yeah. but i don't think uh, the republic of ireland, ireland the uk say the same exact thing everybody that's played like in, in different areas australia whatever they all have like yeah this is like the identity of yeah. the game and, it, and it's like football's football wherever you go but yeah. the the style is very different yeah so did you how'd you do with that style i at first uh like the first game i played was against uh cork yeah cork okay. uh really good club they probably had like six seven thousand fans for the opener and they had a proper stadium um i think we lost one zero uh at that game but i, I did well i did, played like the 70th it was like 70 minutes it was the first game i played in like five months um so it was a good it was a good game for me to get introduced to the game to the, to the style of play in ireland but um but that wasn't even the frantic because like when you play against the cork cork team likes to keep the ball a little bit they they are they can be very direct and they can be very aggressive but playing at home they kept the ball well and they uh they didn't really uh we weren't really exposed to that much direct play we were kind of playing a little bit direct um but they weren't um doing as much and so the next game i think i i was playing as a center back and we start to play some of the mid table teams and you start to notice how um like blue collar these guys are and how mm -hmm. they're constantly pressuring you you don't really have more than a second to realize what you're going to do with the ball you got to be hitting the channels you got to be and 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 heading the like not heading the ball to keep possession but heading the ball to put it back into the mixer <laughs> yeah uh and like I, I just come from i just came from learning a year and a half of trying to keep possession by any means mm -hmm. not just giving the ball away and not putting it in in in, in 50 50 areas and so, like when I'm when they're hitting a long ball, I'm trying to head it back to one of my D mids, but the D like they don't like that there because um, one of uh, like the players will be pressing so high that you're putting the D mid in a bad position, yeah, and can potentially uh, lead to a turnover and a goal um, right on the counter. So, um, I constantly was looking to combine with the guys around me and playing short, and they just felt really uncomfortable in those positions and i didn't want to i kind of went back to being stubborn like i didn't want to adjust to playing direct yeah so i'd play direct at times but i didn't like it as much and i uh i didn't transition as 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 uh well to playing direct as uh in the first couple of games but then i started to understand it a little bit more and, and um i actually picked up a hamstring injury like four or five games into it I uh, come back from a hamstring injury and, you know, now we have two healthy center backs and the team is doing okay. And uh, in training, I'm playing as a flank player and I'm playing as an outside mid and I'm, I'm doing well in training. Like I'm having fun and I'm going at people and I'm um, going in and going out. And uh, I mean, kind of like what I did uh, going against you one-on-one -on -one last year, like in training yeah. where... Oh, where, no, I don't remember where, that. where I, you know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> a little step flat, over, a little, a little step over. Like there's some, there's some creativity, um, there. And I, uh, I liked taking, like, even in in college, I liked going to the inside and going to the out with my right foot. I just like, it was one of my, my signature, uh, go-to moves. And I mean, in, I can even at center back, I can see the cuts that you do. It's the hips. It's, 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 all, the hips. it's all in the hips. You got to do the hip openers before training. <laughs> it works. Trust me. <laughs> uh -huh. And, uh, and so I, I, that's what I was doing in, in Ireland training. And I, I legit, uh, 
like we have like a best trainer or best player for like training like uh each week or whatever yeah and like players like my my teammates are starting to take notice like damn kevin's doing really well mm-hmm. i like these attacking positions he's dangerous um it's probably, you've only seen me at center back it's like what is kevin doing up in here? yeah no i i want to see one training just i, I I'll know send you, i'll still show you my highlights of I, what the, I, what the thing I, is i know people can play out of position do and do well yeah like i actually think it's harder some at times to come back because then you're you're have to be more disciplined yeah. you have to know more about like position where positionally yeah. as, is a more defender, important yeah. as a defender 100%. like it was harder for me from going from winger to fullback yeah than even now going from fullback a yeah. little bit to winger yeah. Even though I've played winger most of my life, but like yeah. that going backwards, it's the learning the positions harder. So I can see you yeah. doing that, but I just want to see it in training now. I want oh, to see man. it. I'm going to ask Mike, Mike, Kevin's been yeah. talking a whole bunch of, of, of mess about how he can play winger. Put him at winger, have him go against, hey, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, do it I'll play fullback. You play I'll do winger. it for one training. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and so I'm doing well in training and, um, you know, the coach is taking notice and then he's putting me in as an outside mid against uh some of these clubs and i'm going in and i'm doing well like i uh there was a chant there was a chant that they started um in Galway. it was like he plays on the left he plays on the right kevin garcia makes messi look shite <laughs> and i couldn't believe that right i was just like Bro, the, the, i was the chance over, at hearing that the chance over there are legendary it's just yeah. it's amazing it's amazing the, the creativity that and um and that was after like a few performances of doing well at outside mid and and us having the ball and winning some games and me going at players and yeah. like um it's very different playing outside mid when you're on the upper hand as opposed to going up against the powerhouse where they have possession and you're constantly working back yeah. as, as like another defender and so that's where i'll say outside mid is a pain to play when you mm. your team isn't in possession and you're constantly running doggies and in Ireland you can run doggies a lot and because like get, I said it's full press. Yeah, and you get three touches and a half. Yes. And I went I was going up against uh I think um so we, we had played against Bohemian Bohemian Bohemians FC. We played against uh Shamrock Rovers and those are the two games where like I did really well. We actually even met the president of uh Ireland. I met the president of Ireland. He's a Galway fan. Boris Johnson? No, it's not. I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> president of Ireland. I'm I don't know. I don't name. know the president of Ireland. I'm blanking on his name, but uh, I, I meet him, and I, it was after my best performance as an outside mid uh-huh. against Bohemians FC. And um, he comes down, and he shakes my hand, and he tells me like, how well I've played. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm, my, my confidence is riding sky high, and then the next game... Um, playing against uh, another club, and it's in like the Irish... Uh, league cup and we uh it's like 15 minutes in and i take a player i take one of the outside backs and the center back is coming over and the ball is going to the end line and i realize he's going to get there at the same time so i slide um to 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 swing the ball across the box and he slides as well and his he jams his knee right into this like middle part between my kneecap and that muscle here the quad muscle yeah and all that's the vastus medialis obliquus you just made that no up right swear now. to god are you serious vastus medialis vastus the vmo you've never heard vmo yeah vastus medialis obliquus did you get hurt there no how, why, why do you know that why do you know that one detail i, I don't know i, I can't <laughs> tell you it's just you know how some things just stick yeah that's just something that's stuck in my head okay let's say it again vastus medialis obliquus vastus medialis obliquus so he wrecked my vastus medialis <laughs> obliquus 
Uh-huh. He wrecked it, and I get up, um, and I'm trying. I'm like hobbling a little bit, and I want to. I want to push on, right? Because I'm. I'm like. I'm in form. I'm yeah, doing yeah, well. Yeah. The crowd is liking me. Mm-hmm. I'm finally winning them over. And as an American playing in these leagues, it's very hard to win the crowd because yeah. you're coming as a foreigner to take the local players' uh, spots, mm-hmm. and you're obviously getting paid more than local guys. And so they uh, they're they're on my side, and I'm getting um, some a really painful feeling in my knee where it starts to swell up. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to play on. I'm trying to play on, and then all of a sudden it just like balloons. And I, I could barely walk, and I need to get uh, walked off the off the pitch, and I'm out for about three weeks, and then I come back, and I'm not as fit, um, and so I'm on the bench, and then I finally get a chance to play against uh, I want to say Shamrock Rovers, mm-hmm. uh, start the second half, and I do really well, um, I do really well, and then uh, play against Dundalk at at left uh, mid, and Dundalk is was the best team in that in that uh league and they uh had very very good players like they uh keep the ball really well and they're constantly running their flanks and i had to defend against one of the probably the best right back in the league Mm -hmm. and uh he turned me into uh just like an outside mid running doggies and i was gassed i couldn't keep up with him and uh that was uh like a poor showing uh for me and i think that was uh kind of like the first uh step to 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 leaving ireland because it was uh the like i wasn't they didn't see me as a center back they saw me more as a creative player because i was playing more on the flank at uh at galway was doing that in training and so center backs was already was already uh, a position where um they had their two starters and so they uh wanted me as an outside mid but they see like that i'm getting gassed and i don't have the lungs to play that position right yeah and i'm starting to notice maybe i don't have the lungs to play outside mid and maybe i'm not as uh i don't have the endurance that i thought i had um definitely i was exposed in ireland for um i'm not having the fitness level to to kind of uh, sustain that for 90 minutes against um some of the best outside backs in that league and um and so I, uh, I think I play one more game against like it's like a, a friendly game against Liverpool's U twenty U eighteen team. I think we beat them one zero. I play that game and then I, uh, I talk to my agent and we get a move back to Sweden, uh, which is uh, VSK, which is like one of the bigger clubs in Sweden, like very historical club VSK. Um, and we, uh, it's a third tier, and I'm here trying to. They, they. Uh, are looking for international guys to help them stay in the third tier because they were like on the bottom half and they were like close to it, like in the relegation zone. And in the, we go for the, uh, they signed me and like two other guys from like second tier and like first tier. And they, uh, they bring us all over and we do really well that season. We go undefeated in the second half of the season. Cause I got signed over for the second half. We do really well. We get signed over for the second half and we ended up finish, finishing like uh sixth place or whatever it was. To going from almost being relegated so wow. um and the supporters were great we would get like four or five thousand a game so Dang. supporters were really good in uh in, in in vsk and um from there i wanted to uh come back home my dad um i was missing my family a lot i wanted them to actually come to my games yeah so so out of these like four or five years in europe how many times did you see? Did you go home every time in off season? And how often did you see in your the off family? season? I went home. In uh-huh. the off season, I went home and I uh, I saw my family in off season. My parents came to visit me in 
Ireland one time, and my parents came to visit me in uh, Sweden one time. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see him twice throughout the season, and I uh, really wanted to just be closer to home. Um, you know, my dad had uh, a scare with uh, prostate cancer in 20, uh, 2012 or 2013, and um, I just wanted to make sure that um, you know, I'd been abroad for two years or so, and I'd wanted to come back home to uh, just be close to my dad, be close to my family, um, and, uh, you know, wanted more of a direct path to MLS. I, I wanted, I knew I wanted to keep playing, and I knew I wanted to uh, step up the level. And so I, I started to get some uh, interest, like playing in, in Denmark or in Colombia, and then I actually, uh, that actually provokes me to uh, reach out to Wilmer. Because Colombia, obviously, he played in Colombia for 13 years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, who better to get an opinion on on the Colombian league than Wilmer? And the team that was uh, was uh, interested in me as uh, Pereira, Pereira, and um, they were actually already publishing on like their social media accounts that American Kevin Garcia was uh, coming in to strengthen the back line. Wow. And uh, that was already getting published. So I was like, Wilmer, you know, I have to ask you, like, what's what, what do you think about the Colombian League? Um, do you think uh, they're uh, like financially responsible? Responsible? Will I get my payment? He said, uh, it's a very good league, a lot of good players, but they pay you like they don't pay you. So sometimes they will pay you. Sometimes they won't. It all depends on the team's doing and how the owners are doing. So yeah. that was all I needed to hear. And I said, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take that risk. And then one was like, "Well, listen, listen, Kevin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be coaching the RGV team here, the second team for the Houston Dynamo. Why don't you come here and um, and I'll I'll take care of you here. And we're gonna create a really good team for this year. And we're gonna with the with the goal to get you to the Houston Dynamo. And I said, you know, this is what I wanted. This is my direct path to MLS. This is what I've been uh, looking for. And going to Colombia, playing a year there, and going to MLS isn't." Um, doesn't seem appealing to me anymore. And I want to go back to Wilmer. I know him as a coach. I respect him. He believes in me. And uh, that's that's all I needed to, to know to make my decision. And I said I, w- I was going to do it. So I signed for RGVFC and in its first inaugural year. And uh, we have a pretty good year. Uh, I was the captain of that team. Um, and that's actually where uh, I met Bird and I met Bradley. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, got my career started with in playing in the States, playing with RGV and then having some training stints with the Houston Dynamo in March and then again in June and then for like two weeks straight in the summertime and then finally signing uh, September, like first week of September uh, for the Houston Dynamo in 2016. And uh, but like that year, with RGV was just a special year. Just yeah, you, guys like, were, you guys are good. The, the just like the players like they were all young players i was the oldest guy i was 25 years old and i was the oldest player on the team yeah and uh like meeting eric bird charlie ward like george malky uh like uh jenning cadditch bradley like so many so many like talented players that were assembled for that group uh all great guys them, except just oh, for bradley huh just <laughs> That's the only one. So Bradley, so Bradley was at the Houston team, right? And yeah. he was uh he was getting loaned down uh, to play RGV to get some games in, and that's actually when uh the first time I saw Bradley uh playing uh was with us, and we had him do initiation. And he had to do uh 
um what is that uh baby got back song oh yeah i saw i've what seen that, that video i don't know why i've seen, seen that video i've seen it i don't know why Baby got back yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's so he did that uh that cracked me up he actually scored the first goal for fc tulsa i mean not actually Tulsa for rgvfc okay it was a it was against uh portland and uh he scored a header and we went on to win that game 2-0 um but like that rgv year like it was just a special year like mm-hmm. having one as a coach and like being with the uh, the players that we had that year, we had I want to say seven or eight guys end up on that uh, Houston Dynamo first yeah. team. It was I'm gonna try to remember them if I can't. If I can't, it was like me, myself, Jose Escalante, Charlie Ward, uh, Taylor Hunter, um, Eric Bird, um, Memo Rodriguez. That's six. I think there was like one or two other guys. Uh-huh. I'm blanking on. And how long was it since your your first New England Revolution trial? Like how many years had passed? Four years. So four. So it basically took you four years from when you're to get into the MLS. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And how was it when you signed your first like? Because this is what you basically set out to do. You're not. This isn't your first pro contract, but this yeah. is your first time. Like, it, did it feel like you were like accomplishing like a long held goal that you had? So for me, I think. It would have been much more surprising if it would it would have been like completely out of the blue. But because I had already gotten those training stints with the Houston Dynamo, mm-hmm. I felt much more comfortable and and knew I deserved it. I think sometimes yeah. on trials, like you're just kind of hoping you get signed. Yeah. But like having that exposure, knowing the guys, doing well with RGV, um, you know, leading leading what was it like a record shutout of like nine games without receiving a goal. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I brought a lot of attention onto onto the onto the team and and started to notice the the defense and um you know got a lot of good exposure and uh I want to say like I was so ecstatic signing that first contract but it was it you you kind of prepare for it with the training stints like you prepare for that training stint that training stint goes well they invite you back again yeah invited me to another training stint that training stint goes well. They know they can depend on you, and they know that you like love is not going to drop if they bring you in. I was with them for like two weeks in the summer, and um, hot and humid in Houston, so they know you can play in that environment. Um, so that was important. So like I'm I'm at the time I'm thinking I'm getting better each time I go up here to play. I'm getting better. Like they uh, they surely they see that I'm improving as a player and that I'm doing well in this environment. And we uh, it was after the game we played against SKC two where they sent down, I want to say nine first team players and maybe had one or two guys from the Swope team. Mm-hmm. And we were playing against like Ricky, Ru- was it Ricky, Ricky Rubio? Is that his name? Ricky Rubio? I know who you're talking about. Like yeah, Rubio right. and yeah. like, um, like real like MLS players who have been in the league for years, who just yeah. haven't played, who just like didn't play that week. Yeah. And we beat them 2-0. <laughs> we beat them 2-0. And uh, that like cemented uh, like my my contract. I get a uh, I get pulled aside by Wilmer uh, after that trip, and he says, "Hey, Houston Dynamo are going to sign you, but you need to make sure that you, know, you continue playing well, and that you show well with the Houston Dynamo because the what what you do represents the rest of the group of guys down here, and um, they see that you're doing well. They want to take a look at other guys, so they're going to sign you." No pressure. <laughs> no. So I was, I was, I was so ecstatic. I was so thrilled. I told my parents they were thrilled. Signed that contract in uh, Matt Jordan's office. So thrilled. But at the same time, like you're signing, and they're already towards the end of the year. And the the 
the team culture was just very different because Houston Dynamo was all like maybe one of the last two teams mm-hmm. in the in the conference at the time. They weren't having a good year, and then you go to RGV, like we're we're vying for that first spot, like yeah. we're battling with Sacramento back and forth, first and second, first and second, first and second, and uh, it's just you, you just saw a complete change in culture, and um, you just try to be as positive as you can and 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 try to continue to learn from the guys that are there like the beasleys and uh david horse and uh mm-hmm. and like the real vets that are there and try to absorb as much as you can and continue to grow as a player and uh we finished out that year in rgv we lost in the playoffs to okc over uh, i remember it was off that that uh highland throw-in yeah the flip throw yeah did he bomb it from like half field <laughs> And like balancing the 18, and then a forward ran on and nicked it uh, yeah. past the goalie 2 2. Then they won 3 2 off a corner kick. Boom, last play of the game, and they lost 3 2 in the playoffs. But uh, it was a special year, I think. Uh, well, that was 2016, right? 2016. Because I, I signed with Orange County, and then I remember because I signed, but I was like in the paperwork done. So the team left for the weekend to go play RGV. Yeah. And then they came back, and then <laughs> I, I played every single game from then on. Yeah. So I missed going down and playing against you and Eric and maybe even Bradley. That was that a, there was a big fight that game. Was there? Uh, oh, yeah. The uh, center back, Brent, Brent Griffiths? Yeah, Brent Griffiths, yeah. Hit, so Wilmer had him I at residency, that. I think. I it was know. the national team. Uh-huh. And so Brenton was, I think, escalating situation. Well, we had a player who was, uh, was just, uh, I think he ended up spinning on one of your players. And I think that, uh, like, I'll do it. Something something broke out there. Yeah, like and so like there was like a big a big uh mosh pit there of players and then we're trying to separate everyone and then Brenton Griffiths is making like some some remarks there that Wilmer's getting pissed off and he's like to Brenton, Brenton, shut up. <laughs> um but that was like like we lost one zero. I think you guys ended up getting a red card, but we, like we yeah. were so pissed at that because I was like uh game at home that we felt that we should have won but like, you guys just came in there and you snatched three points and we were so pissed yeah. off that was so annoying <laughs> um and and then we we uh so we played against you when we went there uh we we uh we won 1-0 like in the last play See, of the game I don't uh, remember that game I I don't remember that we go there and it was like September and you guys had a really good team. You guys had a lot of like older European guys. We too. brought it. So during that like J- June, it was like the team was doing pretty poorly. They were like tenth place or something, yeah. and they brought in like uh, me. I, t- I turned it all around. Of, of course, course. <laughs> so casual. They, they needed right back, so they brought it me in. But they yeah. brought in some big, you know, Richard Chaplo from who played over in the Premier League, yeah. and like brought over yeah some a lot of Europeans playing from Israel, playing in the yeah. Finnish first division. So they kind of like stacked that team in mid season. Yeah. I remember, like, when we were watching you guys play, or, like, just, I remember noticing in the game, like, these guys are, are, are talented guys. Like, they can move the ball well. They know the game well. They have good soccer IQ. And uh, What did like, you think of the right back? Right back. I thought, I thought, uh, well, I was playing left back. I was playing against you. I thought, uh, I we didn't, we, I, the thing is, the goal didn't come on your side. They don't come on your side. The, the goal came on the left side. I don't know how you remember these games. I can't even remember what. I remember that. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that, but I remember us. It was zero zero. You guys had some good chances. Uh, I will say, like you guys had Speedy Winger come in. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Uh, Speedy Winger. Trevin Caesar. He was a Caesar. Yeah, Caesar. He's, He's fast. rapid, dude. I had to go up against rapid. him. Rapid. I had to go up against him, and I remember yeah. him running 
really fast and i like uh he's I'm the trying fir- to put him on his left foot he's one of the first players that really made me feel like slow like really? i was like i i <laughs> am not fast <laughs> and uh yeah i remember like taking notice like this guy is rapid yeah and um but no i i just remember that game the first half and the second half and i remember like you guys having a good opportunity in the second half and then us like one of the last plays of the game we played down the right right flank and then kyle kyle murphy who now plays for rowdies whips it into Jenny Cottage and Jenny Cottage just like heads it home um for the one zero win and we sneak out of there with the with three points. Um and then uh I think we play San Antonio at home and we we beat them three zero heading into the playoffs and that's when we lost to OKC. Your memory is pretty crazy. That's uh, that's the game impressive. I just I just what well, like it's just hard for me I also replay the games over and over in my head after the game. Yeah. I like I like, I don't know how you are after games, but I can't go to sleep until like two three a.m. Yeah, I can't watch the games right after though. I, I watch them every single. Time. I have to wait at least until the next day. Yeah. Like I think about all the plays. I think about every single touch I had, but I should have done everything, and it keeps yeah. me up. But I don't know why I don't watch the games. I I have to wait until the next day to watch. Yeah, I don't I think know why. I'm just like so anxious to see what it looked like on film yeah. that I can't wait because I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I need to see how I played. I mean, everyone's different, but yeah. I feel like I'm going to be up regardless, so might as well just watch the game. That's what I do. I'm like, ah, no, no, no. If I watch it, I'm going to stay up for it. Like, I, I'm going to stay up longer. Yeah. So then I try to go to sleep, but then I end up just, I don't know. I, like, I still stay up until 1 a.m. every night. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, to each their own. Uh, <laughs> but so then that RGV uh, year finishes, and Wade Barrett is the interim head coach of the Houston Dynamo, and then Wilmer takes the, the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. And, um, Wilmer the following year brings in a few uh, RGVFC guys, and he's trying to turn over the team. He's trying to bring it over his, his own guys, and he brings over a lot of Central American, South American guys. And in that first year, um, he's looking at me. I'm playing it more as a right back, and I actually make my debut playing um, as a right back against Minnesota United, where I had a very good showing over the last uh, for the second half there. Um, you know, I was, I was nervous, um, but you know, like you've been, you've been preparing for this. Um, so I had that kind of mentality first time playing in like a massive stadium like that with a lot of fans and first time them seeing me live in a, in a Houston dynamo game. So like, obviously like you have that, um, kind of anxiety, but like once you get in the game and you get your first play under your belt, which was like going one V one, um, dispossessing one of the players and then, um, and then um, getting fouled, like your, your confidence is already up, right? Yeah. So from there, um, you know, just connecting the passes, just playing good balls. I actually uh, um, finished the game um, like with a very good opportunity. I, I like made a I I won a header, gave it to Vicente Sanchez, and I'm running alongside Vicente Sanchez. There's two of us running up the field, and. Um, he draws in the left back and I'm making a run into the box along the outside and he, he fakes the shot and he slides it to me right along uh, the edge of the 18. I take a touch to the inside and then I fake it like I'm going to hit it across the six and I give it back to the PK spot for Kubo Torres and Kubo Torres skied it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think we ended up tying that game 2-2 and that w- would have been surreal to get like the, the game winning assist. But yeah, um, I uh, got you got an interview after the game and got to talk to the coach the coach that I did well and uh, that I was starting the next game as a right back as Asia Delacarza had went uh, gone, the, gone out with an injury a calf injury so 
starting the next game with uh, Houston Dynamo as a right back, playing with uh, Leonardo, Adolfo Machado, and Demarcus Beasley, who I respected a lot. And uh, like Beasley's a very old school guy. He's a very old school cat. He, uh, you, you need to earn his respect. He's not just going to um, give you any respect. You need to earn his respect. And I had always been, you know, um, very keen on um, just listening whenever he speaks and always watching him. His positioning is very, very smart guy. Uh, he's, I mean, he's played in what four World Cups, and he's yeah. had twenty year career. He's played in Holland, in uh, England. He's played in Mexico. He's played for the national team for I don't know how many caps, um, and he's played as a winger, and he's also converted to an outside back. Um, so I respected him a lot. Um, and and that game against uh, San Jose, we were playing San Jose, and we were playing them at home, and we hadn't had a, a shutout yet. And I remember, um, you know, being the one out of the the bunch that wasn't a regular starter. Mm-hmm. So I think like a lot of attention was gonna was gonna be on me and see how this yeah. young guy did. And um, and I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. I, I went up against uh, who's what's the captain of San Jose? Like the the speedy winger. Oh, I'm blanking on him. Um, I'm blanking know. on his name. Anyway. Um, they were telling me like he's 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 a really north to south guy. He's very fast. He's one of the tougher guys to go up against in the wing. And so like for me when I go up against those guys, I just try to be as physical as I can and not let them get comfortable. And so I would always be so tight to him, um, but not as tight. Like if if he's if a winger like that is really fast, you need to be careful with them getting in behind. But I, I think at that point, like I believed enough in my speed to like push off on the winger mm-hmm. and kind of get like a little step on him um, to 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 run him out, to to retrace. And so I uh, I did well that game. The first half I did well. I was um, I handled the ball well. I was defending well. I was communicating well, and I, I felt I felt good. And in the second half, we just kind of locked it down and. We ended up closing out that game 2-0, which is the first shutout uh, of that year. And the coaching staff told me I did a really good job, um, but that A.J. De La Garza was healthy again and that I was going to have to be in more of a supporting role. And uh, I ended up uh, playing a lot with RGV a little bit that year. A lot, a little bit. A lot <laughs> I ended up playing a good amount with RGV that year and uh, playing more as an outside back. And then towards the end of the year, I started playing more as a center back with RGV. Mm-hmm. And that's when, um, you know, I realized how much more fun center back is and how much more like impactful I felt like I was, uh, impact I was making on the game for RGV. Not like at Houston Dynamo, I was playing, I was doing well outside back, but at RGV, like, cause that year, the 2017, they weren't doing that well, but like at center at center back, I felt like I was able to at least stop some of the bleeding from from some of the goals and organizing the players because a lot of the players were much younger since they went out and got a bunch of new young guys. And um, uh, I was still playing. They still viewed me as an outside back for the Dynamo. And so I we go to Dallas and that's a derby. And I uh, Asia's other guards has five yellows. So um, they they know that I've done well at our right back. They know they can trust me and they're going to put me to play against Dallas, which is a derby. And that like those games are fiery mm-hmm. like from the first minute to the last play of the game it's just a constant battle you can't you can't uh you can't turn off the switch for just a second because you'll um you'll get punched and <laughs> and that actually uh 
that actually ended up being a 3-3 game. I went out and I and I did really well. I had to go up against uh Michael Barrios. Yeah. And uh Tesho Akin Akin uh Tesho, what's his name? Tesho Akindele. Something like that. Uh-huh. He was like the winger for Dallas and also went went to Orlando. I had to go up against those two, um, but like I was holding my own, and that I think gave me the confidence to continue pushing. And I think at one point I was doing so well uh, in training that I was getting pissed off that I wasn't playing. Yeah, like imagine that, like being so uh, like thrilled that I'm getting to play at MLS, and then to the point where I'm doing so well in training, I'm keeping up with with our wingers, with like the speedy starters that we have. I'm doing well, I'm keeping the ball. Um, I'm fighting for that spot, but you know, just because of uh, an experience, they're not. I'm not. I'm not getting that exposure. And That's so, like a nature of like a of a footballer, though, is like you you want it so bad, you tell yourself like, oh, I'll just if I just sign a pro contract and I'm a pro team, I'll be happy. And then you yeah. get there, and immediately, not to say you're not happy, but immediately you want more. Yeah. And then you get more, and immediately you want more. Yeah, you're, you not you're not you content. You're not content because if you were content, you would be playing Sunday league. Yeah. So you're just never content about wherever you are. Yeah. You know. You gotta you gotta find a, a way to keep going. You can't you can't get comfortable, um, especially when you're being evaluated day in and day out, and yeah. you see and you see that. Uh, um, all these other players around you and how talented they are. And you can't let, you can't slip up for a second because if you slip up and you start to form bad habits and you're not training well, then the coaching staff doesn't trust you and um, and just, uh, your shot might be over. So you each and every training, you have to go out and give it your all because you never know when your next opportunity is going to come. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that first 2017, I uh, and then we ended up playing against, uh, I want to say Cruz Azul. Oh yeah, and the the Mexican team, and uh, we uh, I did really well that game as well. Like I, I, I each time I went out in that 2017 year, like I was like really solid, reliable outside back, and I, uh, I it's kind of like I wanted to do well to kind of give myself another shot for another year, so that I can kind of cement myself as like a sophomore with the team or a junior mm-hmm. with the team, and like they can rely on me even more, even more, and then. Uh, ending that year, AJ Delgarza tears ACL, but I'm not on the bench that game. And Jaleel Anababa goes in and plays right back, and they see Jaleel doing a really good job at right back. So, like, well, Jaleel's been in the league for six, seven years. We're going into the playoffs. Are we going to have Kevin play as a right back in the playoffs, a player who's played three or four MLS games this year? Or are we going to have Jaleel, who's, like, been, a, been in a playoff team and knows the league and knows the players and – you know, has a bit, has more experience for sure, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I had to I had to to sit back and 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 kind of learn from Jaleel and learn um, in that 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 high fast paced environment in the playoffs where it is um, you know very competitive. It's different from it, it's a step. It's a it's a bit of an increase from from regular season just because there's so much more on the line. And we actually go to Portland, and um, I think that I'm gonna get my first. Uh, playoff minutes there in Portland because Adolfo Machado gets hit in the head and he's he's like clean out he's like sprawled out on the on the on the field and you're not seeing a move and then Boniac Garcia goes to me he's like Kevin get moving come on and I'm like yeah 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 and I'm getting warm I'm getting warm <laughs> yeah yeah I go to the head coach I have my uh, jersey on I have the directions and everything all the instructions and um and uh Adolfo gets up and he's like saying he's fine he's fine he's fine but he he had a concussion like we yeah. found out later uh like the day after the two days after like he had he was concussed and he wasn't doing well 
but I was close to, to and that was in the conference uh, semifinal against Portland. And we ended up winning, I think, 2-0 against uh, Portland. Uh, 2-1, sorry. Dylan Remick scored, and then uh, Maramanantha scored a banger in the second half. And uh, when win 2-1 in that, and then we lose to Seattle in the conference finals. Uh, home leg, we lost 1-0 on the away leg. I think we lost 2-0, too. So um, we, uh, we finished that 2017 year, and then end of year meeting's going really well. You tell me, uh, you know, you've done well this year, but we want you to push more. We don't want you to be content with where you are. We want you to fight for that starting role. AJ's hurt, so there's going to be a new right back playing there. Is it going to be you or is it going to be someone else? We'll see. Mm-hmm. So they kind of left that out there for me. I returned for that next year, and uh, in preseason I'm doing well. Did you sign just a one year for the 2018? No, I saw, when I first signed in 2016, I signed the three-and-a-half-year deal to the okay. end of 2019. So it was just option year. So they picked up yeah. my option. Okay. So they picked up my option for the 2018 year, and I play as a outside back, uh, playing. Uh, sorry, preparing me as a right back, and all preseason I'm with the starting team, mm-hmm. and so I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I see first we have on the schedule is uh, Atlanta United, uh-huh. and in 2017 they I think that was the first year in the league. Yeah, they they uh, they did really well. Yeah, and so that second year we're going up against Atlanta United. They had just signed uh, Barco. And you have Miguel Miron, you have Jose Martinez, you have uh, Pires in the back. Um, and uh, we're, we, have our, uh, we have our hands full, right? The first game of, of, of the season. We're going against uh, these uh, MLS giants, and I'm going up against Miguel Miron. And uh, I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm excited, I'm nervous. <laughs> and uh, the first game... Um, I remember like before the game, I'm just like so focused and I'm not listening to anybody. I'm just like tuned into my own thing. I'm like, this is my moment. This is my moment. This is my moment. And I'm like drinking my water. I'm stretching. I'm doing everything I need to do to get prepared. And then one was like, Kevin, Kevin, (laughs) it's like, he just noticed like I'm really focused. He's like, Kevin, it's fine. It's the game. It's fine. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Just, Just do what you do. Just play like you normally play. Um, but I mean, it's just like the home opener. It's the yeah. home opener. It's like on the biggest stage, packed stadium, going up against Atlanta United. Uh, and uh, we go out there and having a blast. Having a blast from the first minute off. We uh, attacked on the left side and whipping a dangerous ball. Just miss. And the ball gets cleared out. And I'm already like by the corner of the 18 ready to like guide the ball out so like we're already pressing high mm-hmm. and we play off the throw in and i throw in into mara manotas mara manota gives it back to albert albert gives it back to mauro and then boom goal one zero and we scored a second goal and then we scored a third goal and then right before the half we score a fourth goal <laughs> and we're just like wow four zero Lanny united we are cruising right now <laughs> second half they get a pk early on they miss it um and uh we end up closing out that game uh four zero and uh man that was uh that's a memory because uh that's like gave me that was just such a confidence booster for me uh just being able to start with the team with the guys knowing that i was the number one guy at the time and playing in playing a game with albert elise and mara manotas tomas mm-hmm. martinez philippe senderos 
uh, Beasley, uh, Boniac Garcia, who's who's played uh, so many uh, games with the Honduran national team, and he's been to the World Cup, and um, it just meant a lot to me and and for my growth as a player to just believe in myself even more and know that you know I can keep climbing higher from here. Yeah, and uh, and um, for the next game, I I strained my hamstring uh, playing against Vancouver. Playing up, uh, we go up against Alfonso Davies, mm-hmm. and uh, that's another guy who's so rapid, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievably fast. Uh, we end up losing two one. We go. I'm playing up against uh, Breck Shea, who's left mid, and then Alfonso Davies is left back, and uh, we lose two uh, one. And I'm nursing this hamstring injury, trying to get back uh, in playing form. And we go to DC United. Playing DC United, we tie two two, and second half in DC United, it's just it just gets worse and worse and worse, and um, we uh, we decided that I was gonna, um, you know, try to nurse my hamstring back because I'm not playing 100, mm-hmm. percent and you need to play 100, percent especially playing on an outside back. Like at center back, you can hide injuries. Yeah, at outside back and at outside mid, you can't hide injuries because you need to be cutting, you need to be moving, accelerating. One overlapping run and. If yeah. you're, if your hamstring's on 100%, you're like, done. Everybody can see. It's like, what's yeah. wrong with him? Your strides yeah. are just long. They're powerful. You need to be ready to go. And 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 if you're not ready, then you're going to get exposed and you're going to aggravate your injury and, and it's just not going to look good for you. And and you're being evaluated, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to worry about your future at the club too if you're going to continue to play like that. So I decide with the training staff, I'm going to nurse my hamstring back. I try to work it back for... Um, Three weeks later, at at uh, and they and I travel to San Jose, and um, the idea is like if we're up, we're gonna they're gonna use me as like a fifth defender to come on, and so I'm playing in the uh, in the the day before like last training before the game, and we're 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 training like that. We're preparing like we're going from four for five back system, and then they throw me in with the starters, and then I take off on one run and boom, my hamstring again. And so I, I'm out for like another six weeks and I finally go on to play. Um, uh, I go, I travel for the trip for Real Salt Lake and Montreal. I'm finally back. I'm feeling better. I went to see like a, uh, a private uh, massage therapist who like um, actually um, works with a lot of the professional athletes with like the Rockets, with the Astros and with the uh, Rockets. Um, and I actually got her information through Beasley. And this is... Um, um, like massive for me because I need like some extra um, treatment for my hamstring and I'm, I'm like I'm grasping to see like what else I can get to get me better and get me back on the field and Beasley gives me her number and I, and I and I call her and then we set it up and just having her come once a week and um, just treat my hamstring is just, just so much for my confidence so, so much for like my physical health and just nursing my my hamstring back and giving me the confidence to know I can go full speed again in training and, mm-hmm. and in these games um, there's an injury at that Real Salt Lake game and I go in at center back and I've been playing outside back right they haven't played me once at center back yeah. time, well, this is my first time playing center back and I do well and I play a good game like I I, I uh I stuff out some opportunities on our end, and I'm um, I, I ping a few balls to uh, uh, to our forwards in the attack, and 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 I showed well. And then the next game I played against uh, Montreal, which is an, which is another game I did really well. Which I actually thought um, um, I actually got the in. This is like around when they had like the Audi Index Player ratings yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and I noticed I would check it after each game I played because I thought it was interesting to see what like the Audi index uh, criteria would score me as. And I ended up getting like the highest rating for that game against Montreal because wow. I had so many clearances. I was keeping the ball well and dispossessing um, the player I was going up against. And I was going up against Piatti and uh, like George, uh, Hamilton, one of their forwards. And um, so that was like a big test for me. Um, and I ended up getting like one of the higher Audi index, well, the highest one in that game. And I thought that like if we would have grinded out a win there or um if i would have i don't know gotten a corner kick goal i probably would have been on team of the week and mm -hmm. like that was always uh a goal of mine was just to to get team of the week in uh in mls and uh we, lo we lost that game one zero um and then we go back to houston and it's U u.s open cup time and i'm playing more as an outside back and not a center back and then i uh i play outside back against minnesota united and uh it was a really uh tough day to play it was tough conditions we were playing like at five ish and it was like really hot and humid and i didn't properly hydrate for that game and i had like uh, changed my game day uh schedule where i ate something a little bit different and it screwed me up royally uh -huh. i didn't think that it was gonna have that much of an impact on me but playing i don't know if you've ever played in like such humid conditions but like when you're dehydrated and your head is spinning and you need to you need to be so sharp playing in these environments because you're going up against lethal players mm -hmm. who will make you pay if you're not 100 percent physically and mentally ready that first half was was uh was really hard for me and i maybe i am criticizing criticizing myself a little bit more but i uh i went up against uh darwin quintero mm -hmm. and you know you wouldn't be able to tell he was tired at all or if it was a humid day because he was just running and running and running and he's one of the players who doesn't really like to defend that much but when he gets the ball he's gonna go at you and uh he made me work he he made me work i think that game i lost like 10 pounds <laughs> dude it was bad i went home and i was sick the yeah. whole rest of the day i was sick we ended up winning one zero but i i didn't have it wasn't my best showing it was probably my worst uh showing as a dynamo player and I think that, like, up until then, the coaching staff completely trusted me. Yeah. And they see that one game, they're like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is this, like, we're seeing Kevin uh, fold under pressure right now. He's exposed right now. Mm -hmm. we, I, can we trust him in, like, real game? Because there is so much pressure in regular season game. Um, I know maybe from out from, from maybe watching uh, on TV, it doesn't look like it. But, like, when you're preparing for these games, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of focus and a lot of... Um, Know, little details that go into to preparing for these games and making sure that you you're 100 tuned in and uh know what the game plan is and tactically offensively and defensively there's so much that goes into it so if they think that you're not in the right headspace they're not gonna put you to play yeah and that uh led to me not playing for like the next month and then we go to colorado using a five back system i did well so i'm getting their trust back i did well then we go to red bull i play as a right back did well in red bull um and then in september of 2018 we're going uh this is like we have after we have like a week break we have to play portland and uh, we have a few injuries and so i'm next on deck to play center back so i'm the next string for center back we go into the portland game and we're winning i think 2-0 and then jared watts get, goes down and gets hurt in the first half and then i go into play the second half i did really well at center back we won 4-0 
and we travel to Orlando and we win uh, 1-0. No, sorry. We tie 0-0 on the road at Orlando. But it's the first time we haven't... Uh, it's the first result we get on the road in a while. So, like, while the like, team is proud, like, I'm kind of upset because I want to win. Like, I really want to show out. Like, I deserve to be here be, and I want to be part of the team that wins on the road. Yeah. Um, so, we're, we got three <coughs> points at home and a point on the road. And we have to head back home because we have the U.S. Open Cup final. So we're in the U.S. Open Cup final. And in the U.S. Open Cup final, I had made an appearance uh, since that Minnesota game. I didn't play the following game against Sporting Kansas City. But the following game against LAFC, I came in as a left back after uh, Adam Lundqvist uh, um, had, uh, what was it? I think it was cramping in his hamstring or his calf. And so I came in and that went on to penalties. So... I was getting some confidence playing the U.S. Open Cup and getting some confidence um, playing against the Colorado and the LAFC in the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup. And when it came to the final of the U.S. Open Cup, Felipe Senderos was coming back from injury. And with a player with that much experience, you can't overlook him and you have to put him back in the lineup. And I remember um, Beasley kind of being happy with how we had been playing, like that Portland team mm -hmm. that finished out 4-0. The Orlando team was 0-0. Like we have two shutouts. We've struggled to get shutouts this year. And Warmer calls out the lineup, and he doesn't put me in the lineup. And he's just like, you're not coming? Why are you not playing with us? And uh, I think that, again, like, like Beasley, to, to earn his respect and to, to, to kind of get that insinuation that, like, I should be in the starting yeah. lineup with him was just a massive vote of confidence from him and, and it just did did so much for my confidence and and belief that I need to be there, that I deserve to be there. And so uh I was told that I was gonna be uh the only defender on the bench for that game. So anyone who goes down in the back, I'm going in for them. And that was kind of my position on the team. Like if I was on the bench, I was usually going in for any position in the back line. And it was uh started off with uh, Alejandro from Mayor, Beasley um, AJ De La Garza and um, no, it wasn't AJ De La Garza. It was Andrew Winger and uh, Philippe Sanderos. Philippe Sanderos gets hurt in the 38th minute. We're up, uh, I want to say, 2-0. Uh, and I go in and, and I'm ready to make my appearance in the U US Open Cup final. And I'm nervous and it's a packed stadium, but I'm ready to do this and I'm subbing in for Philippe, you know, legend that he is. And I've been studying him all year and um, just absorbing everything him and Beasley and um, the other veterans on the team have been have been shown throughout the year. And uh, we were able to close out the 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 half 2-0. We're fine. We're locked in. Second half, we come out. We're defending. Philly at the time was really good. They were in first place on the eastern side, so they were a competitive side, a really good side. And um, we uh, were able to stuff out some of their whipped-in balls, and they miss. I think uh, one or two crosses. And then uh, we s run down the uh, opposite side. And we, with Romel and Albert and uh, Mauro, they were always threatening behind. They were constantly threatening those outside backs, those center backs. And they whip in a ball. And uh, the center backs, uh, I want to say, it was one of the young center backs for Philly. But he ends up trying to block the cross. And he hits it into his own goal. And we're up 3-0. And we closed it out 3-0. And at the end of that game, I'll, I'll never forget it. I like fell down to the to my knees and uh, just like looked back and thought about every single moment 
leading up to that because that's what that's what uh like dreams are made out of just like clawing your way each like playing youth playing through the high school getting cut in college getting rejected at the mls level going through that the situation in poland working through the injuries in sweden in ireland changing style um, working through rgv working through houston dynamo losing their trust gaining their trust and then it's all for this moment right now there you get to lift up a trophy and you were a big part of that team that won the u.s open cup championship and uh and uh you know i just i i, I fell down to my knees and i just was just so emotional uh, a few tears came out because uh it just looked made me look back and appreciate everything i'd gone through every single little person i've uh, every every single little thing i'd gone through and person i'd met was uh important for me getting to where i am and um i was just so grateful to be in that position and That's uh awesome That's it was, it was amazing, just the sickest yeah. moment and it's probably like the most memorable day in my in my playing career is um that u.s open cup final and then being at the end there just lifting up the trophy with all those players it's something that you're always going to share that championship yeah. together and nothing uh something you're always going to have in common yeah that's that's amazing that's so cool <laughs> that's like <laughs> literally i mean winning a winning a cup is literally what every player dreams of every time yeah. they lift it up you're thinking i want that to be me i want that feeling yeah that's awesome but also that led to now the coaching staff believes in me yeah like, yeah, yeah. like playing in a final and playing a regular season are two completely different things like playing in a final like beasley always says how do you want to be remembered I want to be remembered as the player who, when the lights are on and you're playing in finals, you know he's going to show up. Yeah. You know he's going to be there to show up for you. You know he's going to play. You know he's not going to have a bad game. And so there's so much pressure playing in those uh, playoff games and those finals. And just being able to to contribute to that and be a part of that and experience it was just so important to me and my growth as a player and my maturity as a player. Because now I know I've played at this level. I've played with the best. I've played uh, against uh, in in a final, and we've won in a final. We shut out a team um, that was the best in, in the in the uh, Eastern Conference, and uh, you know we need to 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 build off of this. And from that game on, I started every game at center back for uh, the Houston for the rest of the year, and that's where um, each game I grew more and more into my role at center back. Uh, with the Houston Dynamo, and that led to me uh, scoring my first goal at home against uh, Seattle. Ended up losing 3-2, unfortunately. Um, but we, uh, we, I scored that goal, and, and I did really well that game, and then ended, ended the season going to LA Galaxy in the last game of the year in 2018, and we uh, uh, needed to beat Galaxy to kind of ruined their chances of making the playoffs mm -hmm. and that was going up against ashley cole ola kamara Zlatan ibrahimovic yeah uh which was a matchup i'd been uh waiting for hoping for nervous for <laughs> how was i was Zlatan? it was uh it was kind of surprising to see how much bigger he is in person i, I like i knew he was big i didn't think he was He's that six big. seven isn't he He's a big guy yeah. six seven and like 215 or 220 something mm -hmm. like that and we're going to Galaxy, and I'm I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling strong, and you're playing in in a way, uh, in a way venue, and you're playing against Galaxy, one of the most uh, historic teams in MLS, and you're playing against Latan. Like I grew up watching this guy. I grew up watching his highlights. Uh, I grew up watching him bang goals in, <laughs> and I'm thinking, he's all that for sure. But 
uh it, it now it's it's about my performance and 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 how i need to shut him out and make sure that i do my job to to ruin their chances of uh one of 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 making the playoffs and two i'm also being evaluated and this is the last game of the year and i want to make sure i leave a good memory a good impression with the, the coaching staff for the last game of the year how um i decided how i played and how i matched up against zlatan ibrahimovic and, and la and the rest of the team who they had a good team they had ola kamara they had um the french winger i keep forgetting his name but zlatan they had ashley cole they had uh uh, Jonah dos Santos they had mm. very very good players and um I remember that first uh half like I was I was doing well with the ball I was uh winning uh I was winning uh, challenges and I was uh communicating well and we were doing well they just uh whipped in a ball off the off a corner kick and it was like a, a fluke of a goal because one of the guys had uh, one of our defenders pinned on side he wouldn't let him push the line up and then there were three guys who were left onside because that guy was pinned in. A veteran and move, huh? I know, I know. <laughs> and then yeah, he got chewed up at halftime too, the coach. <laughs> so and, I'm trying. I know. And that was 1-0. And then the next goal was Ashley Cole whipping a ball in behind, uh, like a, one of those early balls in between the, the keeper and myself. And I was marking Ibrahimovic, like shouldering him because I made it, I made it such an I made such an effort to focus on him and make sure that I made it so uncomfortable for him. Mm-hmm. I was so physical with this guy. Every single time he got the ball with his back to goal, like I was constantly like, shoving him and t- and toe poking the ball away or like um, just like pushing him off whenever crosses were coming in. And um, they whip in a ball and Ola Kamara comes like sprinting um, in between Beasley and myself, and he like taps in a ball like a really good ball and it was a good finish. And um, we go in 2-0, and uh, down 2-0 in the second half. Uh, we just kind of turn it on. They come out kind of flat-footed. They probably think they've got it in the bag. We score right away, uh, 2-1. And then we score uh, another goal, 2-2. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're tied, and they need a win. So they're going to start throwing numbers forward. They hit a long ball in behind, and Ibra's just offside. And I, no one knows he's offside yet, though, because they haven't put up the flag. And then I am kind of jostling with him and shoving him, and he's shoving me. And then we're neck and neck. And then I'm, I'm just thinking, like, there's no way I'm going to let this guy score right now and, and, and put them up 3-2. So we're shoving, we're shoving. It's like we're even battle, shoving back and forth. He finally, like, outside of the 18, decides to give me one last shove, and his head hits like that right on my lower eyebrow here. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hearing, uh, feeling like a big thump and then thinking like that really, really hurt. But I'm like, I'm like kind of swaying and then he goes down right away and I'm like swaying and I notice like a whistle and then I just kind of tip over and I'm like holding my, I'm like, I'm like my eyes shut like this and I'm just like, like back and forth like this. It's just like a big impact, a big hit mm-hmm. and the hit hurts, but nothing from my brain was hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have any whiplash, so there was no kind of risk of concussion there. I thought initially, but I start to 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 open up my eye a little bit, and then Adam next to me says, "No, no, no, no! Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. You're bleeding all over the place." And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You're bleeding. Just stay right there. Just keep your eyes closed." And then the trainer comes on and he patches me up, and he tried to get me up so I can continue playing, and I'm bleeding through the bandages. And I can't, I they they can't, uh, they can't fix the cut. They can't stop the bleeding, and so I'm gonna have to come out. And I'm mm-hmm. so pissed. 
so pissed. Ibra comes over to me. He's like, uh, he helps me out. He gives me a hand up. He's like, hey, why, why'd you hit me with your head? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you hit me? Look at my eye, man. You must be up. He was like, ah, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And he like, gives me his hand or whatever. Um, but earlier in the game, like, uh, so I, I played in Sweden. Ibra, obviously, uh, ooh, Swedish. Mm. Uh, played for the Swedish national team, Bosnian and Swedish. Um, and uh, I try to work... Uh, use some of my Swedish on him. And I say, uh, I say, Fifan Brud, which is like, damn, bro, it's really hot here today. Fifan Brud de lite varmidaga. And uh, he just completely shot it down. He was just like, yeah, it is. Like, he just responds, responds in English. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what is this, bro? Why, why, why do we play at this time? <laughs> why do we play middle of the day? We need to play at night. No, no, this is terrible. <laughs> and, um, like I respected him and, and, and he didn't really uh like antagonize me at all throughout the game. Like you see clips of him antagonizing defenders, but like we I had a respect for him and he respected me um in that game. And um, you know, that 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 collision was just, you know, two players fighting for positioning of the ball and uh, you know, we shook it off after and then um we ended up I, I ended up uh, getting taken out, um getting stitched up after the game, but we closed out the game and we went three two. And, uh, you know, I go after the game, I shake his hand, tell him, you know, good match. He was kind of pissed off, obviously, because, you know, um, he's supposed to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, shake his hand um, and just, you know, tell him it was, it was a, you know, a good game against him. And then uh, I just go off and finish the off uh, the regular season and uh, with my head held up high because, you know, I finished strong and um, felt like I belong, like I've, I've started to make a name for myself with the team and, and started to leave my mark there. And then we're also going to uh, CONCACAF Champions League the next year. Mm-hmm. So getting ready for that. And um, uh, finally, going to CONCACAF Champions League. I didn't play in the first round, but I played in the second round against... Uh, uh, I am blanking on the team. It was a packed stadium. It was like 70. No, it was 70. It's like 42,000 fans. <laughs> wow. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't play the whole game. I played like the last 30 minutes or so because mm-hmm. uh, Minor came out with an injury. Um, but it was just absolutely amazing atmosphere from when we first arrived with like the smoke bombs and the fans mm-hmm. kind of rattling our bus as we're driving in, <laughs> pushing awesome. up, screaming at us. Oh man, those are those are the nights you you you, you live for. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't Club America. It might have been. It was a team that plays in Mexico City. I'm blanking on them. Um, and so, um, we play that game and we lose away one zero. We had, it was a second leg and we on aggregate we had already lost. So we were already out. And that year, they brought in Minor Figueroa, International Honduran, and Kiki Struna, International Slovenian. So I was the uh, next in line to play center back. I was mm-hmm. like the supporting role, center back, supporting role, outside right back. I wasn't supporting role left back because Beasley and Adam Lundqvist were already there. Mm-hmm. So I was like the third string left back. Um, and then that year, like I, I had a, a decent year. I played center back. I did well. Um probably had my best game as my dynamo player um against club america in that like club nations cup in the summertime where played center back got an assist to beasley for the goal ended up going to pk took a pk scored the pk and it was one of my strongest games and i had um a lot of people telling me after the game how how impressed they were with my play 
and then the only, and then after that i made uh an appearance against chicago uh with no seattle sorry seattle and i was um playing as a right back i think the last 20 plus minutes in seattle we were down 1-0 and they were just trying to um put in some fresh legs and and um try to create something else um to try to tie it up and then um i suffered like a knee uh, like a knee tweak it wasn't it was like a, a knee like my kneecap kind of tweaked a little bit and mm. uh i needed like a week and change to get back to to playing shape and um i uh ended up traveling for new york city and the uh the new york city fc game and for the pa uh affiliate union game i didn't play in those games and uh that's when after that trip like warmer uh was fired from Houston Dynamo and uh, Davey Arnone and Michael De La Russo were the uh, Mike Davey Arnone was the interim head coach and Michael De La Russo the assistant head coach, and uh, I played against uh, Minnesota United in the middle of September. We won two zero and that was my last game uh, with the Dynamo. I wasn't um, in the starting role because uh, I think Miner was hurt for a couple games and I played that game. We did well, like my, myself and Alejandro, who were like the two supporting center backs. And um, I think not having Wilmer there um, kind of changed the dynamic of the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I did, like we did well, we shut out Minnesota 2-0. And then um, I talked to the head coach and he said, no, like he respects me a lot as a player. He He wants me around the guys. He wants me, he knows that he can depend on me. So it's like myself and Alejandro are like neck and neck. Um, it's just uh, more of a feeling thing right now at this point. So I said, okay. Um, and that was uh, the last game I played with the Dynamo. And then that year, Tab Ramos was announced as the new head coach. And um, he made some changes. And Alejandro um, ended up staying with the club. And I ended up uh, making the move uh, to FC Tulsa, mm-hmm. where I met Matt Shelton. Where you, where finally, you met the... Uh the goat <laughs> <laughs> the original yeah the original uh, goat it's, it's frustrating though how like you could you work so hard to earn like the trust of somebody of the coach and you feel like you you did it yeah and then one change of coach and then you're back to square one yeah yeah i mean that but that's that's the game right that's the yeah. game is like you playing for a coach that believes in you uh at any level i mean you could play for a coach in usl league one or or pdl or in college and high school that doesn't believe in you and then you play for a coach that believes in you and all of a sudden your confidence is through the roof and you're and you're doing things that you didn't think you were capable of doing and you're riding high and you're improving and and you're like one year can change your life in this game um so uh just momentum confidence a good string of confidence is big a good string of of games or like a, a span without injuries and yeah. you're flying because I've, I've seen players who've come from big clubs in mls come to Houston dynamo not play and their confidence is confidence is shattered yeah and they're just a shadow of the player that they used to be yeah and then people are like how did this guy play over here it's like saying I, i've seen the opposite too where i've seen a player and like he's shit yeah. and then the later the season the next year or something you see him again but this time in a better situation, confidence is high. And you're yeah. like, wow, he yeah. is a very good player. You know, Absolutely. like just, it's crazy how little things yeah. like that. Little can, details and yeah. like a little luckier way and one good year. I mean, you could, you can make massive strides in the sport. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's part of the business, right? Like a new coach comes in, new coaching staff, and maybe they have a different idea and 
you just kind of have to adjust and, and get ready for what's next. So uh, the off season was, uh, that's when I got married to my wife and had a when long did you, honeymoon. Which, what year did you meet Jordan? 2016. Okay. So the so first year, the first year with RGV. It was, yeah, with RGV and, um, you know, she's been a massive support too. Like just, uh, being there for me, uh, for game day, she knows like my game day routine. She knows how I like to keep it like really low key and try to keep my mind off of things and just, um, you know, kind of not quiet, but just. Um, kind of casual and not really doing too much um, and she's always been very supportive of, um, of, of, of me playing and, and just making sure like um, if there's anything I need her to do as, as a, like a supporting role she's always here to do it and so like we uh, we've uh, formed a pretty good team and um, you know in the off season um, is usually when I when I pay her back and we go on like these hiking trips hiking adventures mm -hmm. and we're able to, to have some fun in the off season because she loves to to explore and and and, and go on a uh, nice little hiking trip so um we got married in 20 at the end of that uh dynamo year uh 2019 in colombia and then we hiked throughout south america and then when we came back it was time to decide and i i, I left it up to my agent to kind of figure everything out for me and mm -hmm. um i was actually contacted by an armenian team um while i was in while I, was, while I was in Brazil, like celebrating New Year's, and I got a, like a, a DM from an Armenian uh, general manager, um, offering me a pretty good contract for uh, for two years in Armenia, and I passed it over to my agent. I say this is this seems pretty legit. Like, what do you think? He's like, this is good. Um, I talked to my contact over in uh, in Armenia, and he said this is a good club and uh, the level of play is decent. Um, so I left the I left it up to him for like two weeks to sort it out, and for whatever reason it like fell through after the third week and um i'm, I'm like at square one trying to figure out what to do and trying mm -hmm. to find a team and, and then now I get, like preseasons are starting up like yeah and that's and that's the issue right is that you're already on the back end because are you on the back foot because teams already have their core pool players that they're bringing yeah. in and you're without a club and you trying to hold out for an mls team but you also don't know if if that opportunity is going to come and when it comes, is it going to be too late is, if it's ever going to come or are you going to start to look at other options, whether it's abroad or looking at uh, USL. And um, I started to look like around the first week of February because I had a, a contact uh, in Vietnam who wanted me to come out there and try with two team, two clubs in Vietnam for a pretty good contract. And uh, I was actually, I booked my flight. And I was ready to go. And then that's when the pandemic had hit in, uh, well, not, not the pandemic at the time, but that's when coronavirus were starting up and started following the news in Vietnam. And they were closing up a lot of the cities, quarantining a lot of the cities. And it just seemed like a very risky uh, plan rather than waiting in states, waiting for something more local, um, uh, more realistic to, to, to appear. Um, so I, I passed that up. I canceled my flight and um, just stayed in the States and um, waited and waited. And that's when I reached out to, to Eric Bird to see what was going on with him and um, told me that there were some injuries at the center back position and that it, may, it might make sense to bring me in because um, um, the season's about to start and they have a few players who are, might go under surgery. I think Callum was getting surgery and mm -hmm. um, Sip was hurt as well. And so they, uh, they were interested and so they he put me in touch with jim and, and mike Gunsian and um they brought me in I, I think i think i don't know if you remember but i came for like three days 
and then I got a call from uh, my agent that DC United wanted to bring me in. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, I tell Mike like I respect uh, I respect you guys, and I and I, uh, but I need to go take this opportunity. It's it's uh, MLS opportunity. I need to go for the tryout. Um, I know the MLS roster compliance date ends this Friday, and I know by then I'll have a decision. And so they were like, okay, so by Friday you'll be free to come play for us if you don't sign with them. I said, yeah, if that's the case. And then we ended up doing uh, like a pre-contract that um, was executed by roster compliance state, which I thought if you're not signed by like February 28th, you're not playing in MLS. Mm -hmm. But I was wrong. You just need to have the players within your roster. You need to be compliant with the roster, right? So if you're 28 players in a roster or 30 players in a roster, you need to have max 30 players training like within Uh the camp. I thought you needed to be signed by them. Oh, I see, I see. So there was like a little bit of miscommunication there. And so I was asking uh, DC what they thought. Like the head coach, Ben Olsen, brought me aside. I said, listen, I like you as a player. We're going to see you play on Sunday. And then I told Ben also like, but my uh, my USL contract starts tomorrow at midnight. Mm-hmm. So I kind of need a decision. He's like, really? I didn't know that. It's like I thought my eight. Oh, well, I didn't tell anybody really because I thought Friday was the deadline. They're like, well, we need you to see, we need to see you play in a game. But in like in training, I was doing really well. And um, I was asking Jim, can I have an extension on the uh, contract? He was like, no, Kevin, they need to sign you or else you're coming to us. And um, I think DC wanted to see me in a, in, a, in a game first. He wanted to extend my trial until the following Wednesday, which was like Thursday. He wanted to extend it six days. Um, and um, uh, we weren't able to make it work out. And so Saturday, Saturday hit and... I uh, got the text from Jim, welcome to FC Tulsa, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. I, I ended up flying to FC Tulsa, and we, I think I played in the first game the following week against Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we uh, we grinded out that 1-1, that 1-1 tie, and uh, closed for the pandemic. And, um, you know, this has been home since, and I think that playing here last year um, really made me strive for winning a championship with this team because I know how talented the group is, and, um where the uh the aspiration is for not just the players but for the coaching staff and for the rest of the club uh, that i think that we do have what it takes to, to make a run for the championship so i think this year we're uh we've uh we've strength we've strengthened the group and i think that we're going to uh um, take it one game at a time but i'm i'm ambitious like i am every single year and i want to make sure that we uh we represent the city well, and, and, and at the end of the day, uh, when you start to get my age, all you care about are accolades and the championships and the titles that you win, and I think that's uh, an important legacy to to leave um, towards uh, at the end of your career, and you want to make sure that every team you play on has a shot at winning a championship, and then that's uh, that's what I'm passionate about is the group that we're with and the, the the and and the uh the goal that we have for this year and that's to to lift up that 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 cup at the end of the year mm-hmm. for sure for sure and then um yeah so that brings us all the way out to your you know your 41 year career 41 year career yeah yeah, yeah all the way back from birth all the way up from 1980 yeah up till now, right. well, that's what my passport says. Who knows how old I really am? <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so now, just to end, I just want to ask like a couple, couple questions. Yeah. I think I already know because I, I just hearing your story. But what has been the absolute high, like highest high you've had playing on the absolute lowest low? Highest high, U.S. Open Cup final yeah. win had to be. Lowest low is that one year 
removed from college and not knowing if I'm going to play professionally or if I'm going to have to give up my dream, something I've dreamed of since I was four years old to play professionally, not knowing if um, that was going to be it. I'm starting for me to hang up my boots and to look to something else. But, you know, I think I think uh, my teammates, my family, uh, I think God, I think uh, so many people who were important to, to me getting to where I am because without them, I wouldn't have um, accomplished as much as I've accomplished. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have my beautiful baby daughter, Penelope Grace. And mm-hmm. uh, I just owe it all to everyone I met along the way and um, all the different experiences I've had. Thanks yeah. to the game. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I thought. Like those high and the low is uh, exactly yeah. it. And then, um, you're already, like I said, you're already 40, 41, going 41. 42 next month. Yeah. <laughs> um, how looking forward, how much longer do you want to play for? Yeah. And what, I know it's so hard to predict past because like you said, you can get a DM from a team in Armenia and be out there, yeah. but what do you want like out of the, the next few years of your, of your career? I, I had this conversation with bird and I think that if I feel physically good, if my body is holding up and I'm able to compete and I'm able to help the team and contribute, I want to keep playing. I think that I talk to so many players who are done with the game and they miss the game mm-hmm. and, and, and players who have even played for like 20 year long careers. Um, and I see Beasley playing up until he's 37, 38. I see Minor Figueroa playing 38, 39. I see Vicente Sanchez this year coming out of retirement and playing scoring. with RGV at 41 and scoring. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I really don't want to put a limit on, on how many years I can play. I really, it's uh, my body telling me when it's time. And right now, um, I feel good. I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to play We're we're, we're training well, body's recovering well. I think, uh, with each year you need to take a little bit more care and, and prepare yourself for the demands of professional, of the professional sport and, um, you know, take care of your body you need to be smarter. Um, so I think that's one thing that, um, that you need to take care of as you grow, grow older with each year and uh, you just start to focus more on what your legacy is going to mean and that for me is I want to accumulate championships and I want to help um, bring a championship to Tulsa. I know that uh, the, the, the team rebranded last year and we have this um, new energy this year and from last year and we have we're trying to um, you know, build a new culture around this and, and, and establish a winning mentality and, and bring a lot of people into the game of, of soccer here in Tulsa and, and get a lot of people involved. So uh, for me right now, the, the goal is win a championship and win a championship every single year and, and, and still try to um, accumulate these titles because at the end of the year, that's uh, at the end of the day, that's what you're going to remember is the championship. And I told you like those teams I've been on, I'm still friends with those people to this day. Mm-hmm. And and I remember these, these plays, I remember these moments and maybe it's, you know, I'm analyzing the game, the, the, the games um, constantly after the game, or maybe it's just like, I, I've enjoyed it so much that um, these are special memories and, and, and they live long in the memory because you've accomplished so much with those group of players. And so I want to make sure that um, we continue to do that and, and continue to strive for championships and first place. Mm-hmm. That's what it's yeah. about. Yeah, hundred percent. And then last question. Yeah. Probably everybody listening to this right now wants to follow in your footsteps. They want to play against Lada Ibrahimovic. They <laughs> want to play in forty two thousand per what was the biggest stadium that you've ever played in with the was it Mercedes Benz? Maybe? Atlanta United? Yeah. Was Probably that like that. sixty thousand or something? 
probably something around there. Yeah, so they want to play in front of 60,000 fans. Seattle, maybe. Seattle's got like 60,000, too. It's Seattle, then. Seattle. Okay, so yeah, they want to play in front of that many people, play against their idols like that. Um, what I, this is such a hard question, but what piece of advice would you looking throughout your career? What would you tell everybody listening to this right now? Um, this is like your chance to, to give them one piece of advice, you know, what would you say? I would say no pressure. This isn't like a big question at all. To always, always find your reason why I think your why is extremely important. Um, for me, my why was Again, I was competitive growing up, and I think a lot of the rejection fueled that competitiveness too. I did not like taking no for an answer. I I held myself to a very high standard, and I think having that competitive nature with my brother fueled it a lot too. Um, but I think having that reason to, to keep going, I think it evolves over time, mm-hmm. and it's important to not lose it. I think that you have to have a reason to keep going because if not you get stagnant you get complacent and you get comfortable with where you are and so it started off as me wanting to prove how good i am and me wanting to prove people wrong and then it changed to um the work i've put in um proving it at each level believing in myself doing it for my family playing in a championship trying to win a championship trying to become a starter and trying to just kind of improve the the that footprint you live behind or that imprint you leave on the game, and and it's important to have that why that that reason that that gets you up in the morning that gets you excited to go uh, work on your fitness, work on your weak foot, work on uh, whatever it is you need to work on, and um, just having having that work ethic, that work ethic, and having a, sh- a good attitude and a strong mentality. I think the mentality aspect of it is important and that's what I, I i lean on that why because there are going to be so many tough moments in life just like in footy in life where you're disappointed or you hit a bump in the road or there's adversity but you always have to remember that reason why and have approach it with a good attitude and a strong mentality and not let it break you and not let it define you have it build that character and 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 you'll uh you'll become a bigger person because of it become of it you'll mature into the person that um, you know, thrives in these moments that maybe provide so many obstacles for you. You'll you'll look at it as an opportunity to grow and to and to take lessons from it. So for me, I think the the biggest um, benefit growing up were were the failures, um, and I think that that taught me to approach every single failure as an opportunity to grow and to learn from it. So having your reason why, having your 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 passion and your heart into it, um, is 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 probably the advice i would give to a young me starting over and always um doing the work where no one's watching i think that i can't stress that enough like just seeing with what matt sheldon does with with um with all the training videos he's doing in the drills like that's important to follow along and to make sure that you're working on your game as much as you can because there's always somebody out, out the, else out there who's trying to outwork you so never get complacent and always um, work on your weaknesses and try to perfect your game i love that that's awesome yeah. the why is 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 huge yeah well anyway this was uh the podcast with kevin garcia any last thing you want to say uh i mean 
um guys it was it was great to be here i mean i know it was uh, pretty long but um like we said, long 41 journey, like years I said, 41 years i mean it's a lot to, to recap there sheldon loves that joke he just loves that even though he's two years younger than me he's um <laughs> uh, no i mean it's a blessing guys if, if you if you guys ever want to reach out to me and and um you know need some some more words of encouragement or, or want to find out anything more specifically about my career and how i got to where i am just just reach out to me um through ig i'm pretty accessible and um you know i'd be happy to to respond awesome well thank you very much kevin appreciate it thank you matt and we'll catch you guys on the next podcast peace all right take care <laughs>